Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 124, Resident Evil from 2002. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two. And this episode is brought to you by the Memory Lab, DC Public Library. The Memory Lab is the result of a year-long National Digital Stewardship Residency project beginning in June 2015 to create sustainable, public-focused lab tools and instructions for building public knowledge and skills around the digital record keeping at the DC Public Library. Thank you, The Memory Lab. Thank you, The Memory Lab, and thank you, Nick Burris, for sponsoring this episode. This is his patron pick, This Lap. Uh, He chose Resident Evil. So we have another Resident Evil movie coming later this week. Joe, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since we last spoke on Wednesday or since people last heard on Friday? Okay, so we finished Papers, Please. We took a suggestion from you to get another game. We played Portal for the past couple of days. Okay. Did you beat Portal yet, or you're still working on it? Beat the first one. Okay. But I bought both of them. It was obviously a lot of fun, and it was like a nice break. Mentally, watched some Love Island, which is continually going off the rails. Watched a bunch of movies, which I'm not going to say which they are, but I told you this morning, because... Well, I, mean, I think well, you can, because, I mean, it's, it's you know, you're, it's, can it's, we? It's, it's related. I watched a bunch of Resident Evil movies. It's Resident Evil Week, and mm-hmm. I wanted to watch all the ones in between this one and five. Yep. Um, watched a bunch of Resident Evil movies, and what else? Oh, when I watched a, and I, I did a little, I did a little scouting report for a movie that we might do later, which I really enjoyed. So. One hundred percent on brand for you. Uh, yes. Which people should know. I mean, that that could mean a few different things, but. Uh, I guess one thing in particular that people will find out later this lap. Yeah. In another Just... themed week. Is it a themed week? Yeah. With a, uh, okay. I'm going to bleep this, but with a movie. Oh. It's called okay. Weep. <laughs> Sounds fun. Okay. Anything else of note? Any recipes you have tested out? Anything that Rachel has made or that you have made? No, I woke up craving Korean fried chicken yesterday morning, so we made that for breakfast. Is that in the air fryer or how do you do that? No, we deep fried them. Okay. I have peanut oil. Like, I like actually deep fried. So was, we were like deep frying at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, cool. It was delicious though. That, I know. I just, I like, I woke up at like 7 a.m. and I was like, I want fried chicken. I don't know why. And like a pregnant woman craving. And that's what I did. So Rachel complied because she hates breakfast. So usually I'm the one who's like, you know, jonesing for pancakes and stuff. And she's not really about it. So when I woke up and was like, I want fried chicken. She was like, I don't have to eat pancakes this morning. (laughs) So she was very happy. Cool. No, that's about it. Yeah. Oh, I played a shit ton of Tony Hawk. They remastered the first two games and they released it on Xbox One and PS4. And it's so good. Like, it's so... It's true to the original. Like, I basically, I was saying to you that, like, in the span of, like, four hours on Friday, because, like, I did basically a half day of work, and then I was just like, there's nothing going on. My bosses aren't at their desks. I'm just, you know, remotely even, but, like, I'm just like, I'm going to play video games. So in the span of about four or five hours, I basically 100% of the first two games. But what's cool is that there are, like, 700 in-game challenges to do, which gives my, like, video game completion OCD brain. Like, it's so wonderful. There's also what's really cool, which I, I don't know if they had in previous games, I think, People probably just did it on their own, but they have timed like leaderboards in here. They have speed runs. So like in every oh. Tony Hawk game, so like if people don't know, it's you know, there's different levels and some are smaller, some are bigger, and there's different goals. Like there's always like score a certain amount of points, collect these five these things, tapes. collect those five things, hidden tapes, yep. yep. Uh, collect the skate letters, whatever. What's really cool about this is that there are speed runs that it just the counter goes up because it's usually like a two minute run that you just do as much as you can in two minutes and you start again whatever uh so it's very easy to pick up put down but there's speed runs now 
where the counter starts at zero and works your way up and you just have to complete all 10 goals in as fast as you can. Well, that's a cool thing because they like, you know, that's an adaptation that has happened since the video games like these games have come out. Yep. That like people have decided that they want to do it as fast as possible. They have like YouTube or Twitch channels. Yep. Mm -hmm. Speedrunners. And I've actually watched Tony Hawk's speedrun videos. That's really funny that you said that. Like I wanted to like listen to the soundtrack slash remember Tony Hawk when the when the trailer came out for the remake. Yep. I watched a speedrun video because I was like, I want to see this kid like how fast he can do it. And they're fucking fast. Yes. Like they're so fast. Like they know like the exact perfect route to hit like everything, and they're always doing like three things at a time. Yeah. Like I'm not that. That good, but compared to I think most people, I'm pretty good at Tony Hawk. Like there's a there's a handful of franchises, but then like if you go online, like there's like you know basically fun play and then ranked play. And fun play, yeah. I was like winning pretty easily, and then I go to ranked play, and I'm like, oh no, there's people who are like way better than I am. Uh, so yes. it's always nice to have like a, a, a bucket of cold water thrown in your face, just like, oh no, you're not actually that good at this game. I mean, you're good, but it's, get humbled. There are people, yeah, exactly, who <laughs> yeah. are way way better than you are. But it's just such a great nostalgia blend. Like there's new songs, there's old songs, there's new skaters, there's old skaters. It's as good as I possibly. Who's your favorite Tony Hawk skater? Who'd you Rodney go with? Rodney Mullen. Oh, you like Rodney Mullen? Because he, that's good. Because I think. I don't know which came first, because Rodney Mullen's whole thing is he's like a street skater, so like he does a lot of manuals and grinds and tricks and flips yeah. and stuff, and that always was more impressive to me. Everything that everybody does on the skateboard, like I've never ridden a skateboard, like I, I, there's nothing that they do in the game I could do in real life, so like it's all yeah. impressive to me, but like what he was doing was always more impressive to me than like grab tricks like in a half pipe, but him just yeah. like flipping the skateboard and like just like pogoing or whatever like just insane stuff that he does and so i always play this rodney like in real life yes yeah what's cool is that you know there's like 20 skaters in the game there's a couple hidden skaters you can create skaters but then once you like basically beat the game as one of these skaters you unlock their video and i think it's probably the same video from like the first one the second one or whatever but just watching him do his thing again i'm like oh my god like he's he's ridiculous he's unbelievably good uh and just it's insane to watch him do his thing i just want to pitch just again because you're bringing this up now if this is any interest to you king of the road on vice is like one of the coolest shows that's come out in the past like five ten years to me oh yeah you told me about that a long time ago yeah yeah check it out i mean they stopped it because like the one guy guy died this year so that there wasn't like a season this year on on set or he just died related or unrelated to the no, show he was like he was like an editor for thrasher and he was like kind of like the one that would like put it together kind of you know like the spirit of it okay, okay? but he didn't like die like on like they didn't film him his death he just like no no okay. no no he it, it, he's like he's like 70 or he's like 60 or 70 oh, years okay, old like okay. he died of like natural causes he didn't like die in an accident gotcha okay they didn't have one but the like the three seasons that they did do on vice were awesome and you know you were talking like okay you've seen street skaters these guys are like mostly street skaters and like the stuff that they were doing back then but like you watch like the shit that they can do now and like these kids can do it's just mind boggling like they just do crazy shit the whole time and that's what's cool like i think i'm guessing it's his son but like riley hawk is in the game yeah it's cool to have like the new breed of skaters there's like a couple like i you know i'm now at the point where i'm just like you know listening to podcasts so it's like i played the game for probably eight or ten hours listening to the music and i've heard all the songs and whatever and so i'm just now playing just mindlessly and listening to other stuff or whatever but like it's that game where i'm gonna basically play with everybody because i want to just do as many challenges as i can and it's only 40 bucks which is cool like it's the first two games for 40 bucks if they remaster three and four and like put it out as dlc or something i would pay another 40 bucks for that like it just it's perfect in just about every way and i can't recommend it enough even if you never played them back on playstation like in the 90s or early 2000s or whatever 
Like, it's so good. It's so well done, and it just, it's the exact right brand of nostalgia, I think. Yeah, I don't um, imagine that anybody didn't play them, if you're of our age. Yeah, no, because, like, like, I don't have, had them. I have zero interest in, like, skate culture or skateboarding, and still I played yep. the hell out of them, right? Yep. So, they were those video games where, like, oh, no, this is one that everybody has to play. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and, like, every friend had it, somebody had it on some system, and you all played it. Yep. And the other thing that I wanted to bring up, I mentioned it briefly, I think, last episode, but I watched the new Charlie Kaufman movie. I'm thinking of ending things on Netflix. I'm waiting for the rest of the Tub Talk guys to watch it. Two of the three watched it. The other one started, you know, he was watching with his wife and it was late at night and didn't, you know, they didn't finish it. And so he's going to have to rewatch it from the beginning. I really want to like go deep with someone on what that movie is. It's based on a book by this guy, Ian Reed, that I bought and read twice when I heard that Charlie Kaufman, because I love the book and I read it again, when I heard mm-hmm. Charlie Kaufman was going to adapt it, I bought it and I was like, oh, I love this. But in my head, I'm like, I don't know how you adapt this. I was a little biased in that, like, I only read it because I knew he was going to do it and knew I would probably love the movie. And so I watched the movie and the movie structurally does really smart things with how they're doing it. Because most of the book, the book is about a girl meeting her boyfriend's parents for the first time. They've been dating for like a month or two and she's going with him on a road trip to meet his parents. And on the way there, like it's all told from her perspective on the way there, she's like, I'm thinking of ending things. Like he's a great guy, but I don't think this is going to work. And so in her head on the way to meet his parents for the first time, she's like, I'm going to break up with him. Then just it weirdly, like things kind of weird stuff kind of compounds and happens and whatever. And there's like a twist and whatever, right? Because the book is so in her head, because you're just hearing, you know, she's like thinking and thinking and overthinking and whatever. I'm like, I don't know how you adapt this, especially given like how the book kind of ends. But the movie does a smart thing in how it tells the story that like works for the screen, I think. My basic spoiler-free verdict is that like I had very high expectations and I was not disappointed. I don't know if I loved Good. it. Like, I don't know what I would have thought of it if I didn't read the book. But like, it's one of those things where it's just like, Oh yeah, this is like the best version of what I could have imagined, but I didn't, but like I wasn't like blown away. Like it's just a weird, like I don't know how to think about it because like it's kind of exactly what I hoped for, but does that make any sense? Like I don't know how to describe, yeah. like I loved it, I think, but I'm also like, You're, oh yeah, that's, ex- that's that's what I expected. Th- this is a, this is a, it was fine. No, because I don't think, because I say that a lot and I get in trouble for saying that a lot. Like I think that's like kind of, and I agree that I can be dismissive like that. Like I don't think it's not fine. It's it's very yes, good. But, but you're you're meaning it the correct way. You're like it was fine. Like that was enjoyable to the extent that I wanted it to be, but nothing more than that. But like yes. what, what's weird is that like my expectations were so so high, and I wasn't disappointed. So like it's fine in that regard, but the bar is so high that like I feel like just saying it's fine isn't enough. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, know. yeah, I get it. I get it. It's I get weird, it. but. I recommend it. I, I don't know. You. I think you would like it. I don't know. It's long and it's slow and it's weird. And I think if you don't know what's going on, you might, it's, it's one of those where you might have to watch it twice uh, to Makes sort sense. of appreciate it. Like once you know whatever, but yeah, it's on Netflix. So I mean, if it's out there, it's out there. So go check it out. But we have a Patreon page here on the show, too fast to forever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleinman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Ooh. Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, and Dan the Duke Hayden for supporting us the five dollar level or above. Thank you all Thank so you much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. As we've been saying, everybody who are patrons know our next three lap picks. Everybody at the $10 a month tier or above gets a movie pick per lap, which is a lot. Plus our undying love and affection. You know, we get stickers at the $5 a month $5 a month level or above. Lots of fun sure. things. Access to the documents. And just to get to support the show. Too fast. Too forever.com. If you don't 
have money or don't want to support the show, things are a little tight, just send us an email. Say hello. Family at cageclub.me and Joe. We've got three emails today. Okay. First one from Wes Hampton. Subject line, girl fight. What up, fam? What up, Wes? I don't know why I put Furious 7 in the subject line last time. I must have been distracted. I normally try to proofread it, but maybe I should double check the subject too. Well, you know, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> not a big deal. Good episode about girl fight. Boxing movies are weird for me because I'm almost never interested in them, but I always get super invested if I watch them. I think most boxing movies, like on average, I think are probably great. Right? Uh, they have like a high propensity to be good, like better than usual. That's yeah. really weird. For like most sports movies, like boxing ones seem to be like the most pivotal. So back when I did Sports for Starters, my first podcast, this is like seven years ago, I don't yeah. think they're available on the internet. There's like, they're buried in a, a, a semi-public folder on cageclub.me, so like you can maybe find them, but don't look for them. But I remember John and I did our countdown of favorite sports movies, and I included boxing. He's like, oh right, boxing. Like, he just didn't like tie them to sports movies, because like, I think when you think sports movies, it's like miracle, like the team wins, right? Yes. Or something, yes. but... it's Mighty Ducks. Yeah. yeah. But when you factor them in, because they're undeniably sports movies, I think, and like most boxing movies... Great. I really like Cinderella Man, Rocky, Raging Bull. The Fighter. Fighter, Girl Fight. Like, even bad ones. Like, even ones like I don't love, like Southpaw. Like, when you film stuff, like film scenes, right? Like, it's it's magnetic. So, I don't know. Yeah, I feel you. He says, this one sounds really good, so maybe I'll look it up on Stars. Yes, please. Also, (laughs) Resident Evil Retribution and... No, not the first one. Just the new one. Just Friday's episode, also on Stars. (laughs) Says Joe, I second the Portal recommendation. Well, you already beat it. They're great puzzle games that have an equally engaging and entertaining story. I agree. The story was the best part. I like. I really enjoyed it. You you pitched it to us, and you were like, "It's funny and like kind of upbeat." Like, it was really enjoyable. It's like mindless and fun, but uh, and it was like challenging, but not like impossible. You know what I mean? Because you needed something that's like a little bit difficult for Rachel, but not like like she's gonna rage quit it. Yeah, I want to say Portal Two is probably a little bit more complicated, but also she has the foundational whatever from the first one and so they just build on that but yeah you you ask between that one and a a walking sim what remains of edith finch which is actually of those genres more fun because there's like different kinds of things you're doing but i was like well that one's like kind of depressing and then portal's like just silly and fun and you know kind of challenging so it's like if one of those is like they're both worth playing but like you kind of have to be like in the mindset for for the one portal is just like you can play whenever so it was actually really funny because like we grew up on first person shooters right like you and i specifically to watch Rachel play this game that's essentially a first-person shooter yep. but have none of the basis of a first-person shooter. Yep. All of the, like, cheating you can do, like, hiding behind a wall and just, like, peeking out and stuff like that. Like, she didn't know any of these concepts to start with. So I would be, like, really... Fr- I'd be like, no, 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 no. Like, yes, you're getting shot, but just, like, hide behind the wall and then just, like, strafe. And she's like, what does that mean? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and you're like, god damn it. Like, we eventually get through it and like I explained but like there was like a lot of things that I was like oh some of these parts would have probably been a lot easier if like you had a foundational first person shooter basis right like yep this is essentially like the first shooter she's ever played and you're like oh yeah like and there was like a lot of things that I would see that be like oh yeah they they want you to do this right like it's very easy clear that you and she's like what do you you mean like how and you're like well just because every game wants you to do this so I wonder like my sister and I played a ton of perfect dark on N64 but I feel like the N64 with its like little yellow buttons for like strafe and look Mm -hmm. up and down like kind of translates but does it but she also plays you know Xbox she has an Xbox and she has a bunch of games that you know her company works yeah. on stuff like that so she's definitely got the basics down i just i'm sure she could do portal with no issue but yeah it is weird to like there's certain things that just like oh yeah this is understandable like this is just what most people have 
innately in their brain. It's like, well, not everybody. It's just, yeah. Yeah, because they're building the game for someone that, like, like most of the people that are going to play this have played shooters before, mm-hmm. right? So, like, they're not telling you, like, the very, very basics. They're telling you the basics of this game. So it was just, like, a fun experience to, like, watch and play along with. And that's why thinking about games like the original Super Mario Brothers, I think there's been like documentaries or maybe books or something made about it, but like when you're just dropped, like for a lot of people, like, you know, not at the arcade, but just at home, Super Mario Brothers was like the first video game they ever played. And so it's like, how do you, without really having like a tutorial, like all those kind of games, the first levels, I mean, Portal 2, like the first few levels are the tutorials. Mm-hmm. And so like, how do you encourage people to just be like, you have to go to the right and get to the end of the screen. And it's like, well, you just have enemies coming at you. You just have to go past them, right? So like, it's the idea yep. of like how to teach someone how to play a game without having played games before is is a weird, mind-breaking kind of thing. I think that that's, like, a really difficult thing, and I think that would be a really fun thing for me when I would, like, if I was, like, you know, when we were talking to Andy, right, if we were, like, designing games, like, the idea that, like, you have to teach people how to play them in the very beginning, and, like, how do you do that and and also include a story and things like that. Well, I think yeah, he talked about that to a certain extent because he yeah. was saying, you know, they're, they're not only targeting the video game demographic, but they're also targeting people who have seen the movies but have never played a game, right? But, like, yep. might have an Xbox or PlayStation around, so... It's... And I think it's way harder to do that than it is to just be like, oh, here's like uh, Halo 27. Right, right yeah, because like, like, yeah, if it's Halo 5 <laughs> or it's it's Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4 or whatever, like people are not going to like, yeah. that's not going to be your first one because it's like, okay, yeah, you're going to you're gonna sort of ramp up. But like if it's just Portal or Fast and Furious, it's just like, well, okay, yeah, like this, this could be for everybody, but it's, it's hard. It's hard. You know. Yep. Wes says, I forgot you guys live near the pizza capital of the world. I agree any pizza in New York is better than 95% of the other pizza I've had anywhere else, even though that style first. is not my favorite. Well, Connecticut first. Well, but yes. Possible debate was more about favorite pizza chain or pizza style, but maybe that's not as hot a topic as burger chains. Even like, I'm not even mm. passionate about the burger chains. Like the whole what a burger versus In-N-Out. I'm just not impressed <laughs> by it. Like, it's not even like a thought until I get here. It's not like I'm, oh, can't, you know, just... I don't, know. I don't really have a preference on like even big pizza chains. Like they all serve their own purpose. Like I have no like preferential treatment of one way or the other, right? Like I have a Domino's close. We definitely have gotten Domino's before. I enjoy Pizza Hut, but they're far away. Yeah, like I like and, Domino's, like, but even like even as we describe it, it's just like I don't. I'm not going to defend Domino's. It's like it's not good. Like I yeah. just I know it's not good. Like it's just <laughs> same. Yeah, exactly. But it's not good Precisely. in the same way that like McDonald's isn't good. Like for when when exactly. you want that itch, like it's 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 the best thing in the world, right? But it's just not like, oh, I want a burger. Where can I go? Like, oh, McDonald's. But when you need a McDonald's, you know, get a McDonald's. Even in pizza styles, too. Like, the only one that, like, I really hate on is, like, deep dish. But, like, you know, Detroit-style, like, pan pizza, New York-style pizza. There's times and places for all of them. It's mm-hmm. kind of like pasta shapes. Yep. There's a pasta shape for everything. I wasn't suggesting honey for pizza crust was a New York-style thing. It just happens that the only place I know that offers it is one of those places. So it seems to come from the Midwest. The idea of dipping the crust is sort of like a built-in dessert. No, there's a pizza place in Colorado called Bojo's, which is like Colorado-style pizza. And they specifically give you honey with your crust, and they use whole wheat crust Mm. for pizza. And so, like, at the end, you do get honey and whole wheat crust. And I've had that before, and it was also delightful in its own weird way, like pizza in Denver or whatever. But, yeah. I remember, I, don't, I might have even said this on here, because I feel like whenever I think of, like, pizza around the country, I just think of this, not story, but thing that happened is that when I was doing my cross-country trip and I was, like, 
in Oregon, basically halfway through my trip, like I hadn't had really good like Italian food in like three or four weeks, right? And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I could really go for pizza right now. And so I'm just like, I'm like, I'm, this is probably gonna be disappointing, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna look on Yelp and I found this place and like people were reviewing it like, I'm from New Jersey and like, this is the best pizza that I've ever had. And I'm like, okay, like, let's give a shot. And I go there and I'm like, oh, this is like, even when they bring it out to me, I'm like, oh, this is not what I was expecting. Like maybe if I was expecting like another kind of pizza or whatever, like that would have been fine. But I was just like, especially that one, random review where they're like oh this is better than like i'm just like okay and i was like oh no this is not so (laughs) just keep i guess keep your expectations in check when you go somewhere else for someone else's cuisine so true true i'm also the opinion that there's no wrong way to make a pizza and truly terrible pizza is hard to come by it's so versatile that at worst it's just okay i've had some fucking terrible pizzas in my lifetime yeah yeah like some almost inedible ones and I'm not very picky. You heard my logic, but yes, I've had some very bad ones. So I don't know how much. I mean, like, I've had some bad ones <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Forgot to mention my favorite version of Nico's immediate translation trope. It's not exactly what he described, but in Die Hard, the bad guys have John McLean cornered. Hans knows John has no shoes, so he tells Carl something in German, which means shoot the window. Carl looks at Hans like he doesn't understand, and Hans repeats in very exasperated English, shoot the glass, and now Carl gets it. Clearly done for the audience's benefit, but I always found it funny that a native German only understood it once it was said in English. Ah, no, I never picked up on that. I'll have to catch that next time we watch Die Hard. I'm curious to see what you think of the Resident Evil movies. I love the games up through four, and the first movie was my and Mrs. West's first actual date. It's a fun one. Holds a unique place in my heart. We watch it every few years, and I only remember about 15% of it each time. That's it for now. Stay furious, Wes. We enjoyed it. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's cute that it's a first date movie. I feel like he told us that before. I, I feel like I remember that. I think he probably Maybe. Facebook messaged us to uh, Facebook messaged it to us this week or something, right? So. Oh, probably. Next email from Justin Kleiman. Subject line: It's been a while. What's up, Justin? How are you doing, bud? Life has been so busy lately that I've been having trouble keeping up with the pod and getting emails off. As you can see in my photo, I have notes of thoughts while listening in my work truck. So I'm gonna send this picture to you now. <laughs> Let me see. I want to see it. I want to see it. This is awesome. I quickly scribble it down. It would appear <laughs> by the notes that I haven't written since before Widow. So he has these things. just says, book it, hotel story, <laughs> ice and soda, chocolate rain, Widows, Chicago. So yeah. So yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, that's really, I like book it and ice and soda. <laughs> Widows. I really enjoyed this movie. You're right, there's a lot of inside baseball with Chicago politics. The five years I lived there helped understand a lot of what you two mentioned as being confused by in regards to the aldermen, etc. It's all corrupt as can be, but it's fun to read about in the papers. When I lived there, Mm. my alderman was Richard Mell, one of the longest-running ones and most powerful. His son-in-law was the infamous Governor Rod Blagojevich, who went to prison and was later pardoned by Trump. Oh, nice. You know that when your guy is pardoned by Trump, like things are pretty good. (laughs) Opening the drain on the swamp, man. That's Mm -hmm. that's all I was doing. Yeah, just laughing about it. Drain the swamp and fill it with other swamp creatures. Exactly. I always loved that Robert Duvall was in the film. I have a long history of watching movies, only discover he's in them, and it's always a surprise, and I love it. Yeah, I love actors like that. I watch a lot of movies, and I'm like, oh, damn, he's in this too? Damn. Like, really excited. Rachel gets <laughs> Rachel gets a little flustered with me, because I do that. I'll be like, oh, because she'll like go through, and she'll be like, oh, all these people are in the cast, and as you know, I don't remember anyone's name, so then I'll be watching it, and I'll be like, oh, this guy's in it, but like, Resident Evil 5 and she's like I told you he was in it like oh well I didn't know his name so I just said cool and then moved along 
That guy. I'm sure you can relate. Yeah, from that yeah. movie. Yep, that guy. It says, Fast Minute Quiz. I was disappointed that the rave guy's color sticks... He says, were chosen. I don't think we did that for the question after much debate. For whatever reason, that guy is seared into my mind. I remember us saying that, like, we wanted to do it like it makes sense. The video file that, like, I edited, like, and I recompressed, like, I don't know if these colors are accurate. Like, I feel like colors yeah. are kind of, like, an iffy thing. I think we've kind of subtle than that like asking colors of things are i don't i don't I the quiz. I don't think we have that as a question but i think he's mad that we didn't include it because he remembers it so well yeah yeah sorry justin would have been an easy answer for you but uh what is it blue and yellow blue and orange that's the, that was the debate it's like it's like an orangish yellow okay. so then like there was like an ambiguity there and but yes okay homoerotic films you have a discussion about homoerotic films and insecure men claiming they aren't this brought to yes. mind the terrible film 300 Ooh, my wife and i saw yes. it in the theater also the only time i've been approached for a post film survey fancy as we were Ooh. leaving my wife started talking about how homoerotic it was with all the greased up muscle bound men not to mention the history of the spartans and the tenors they yep. brought with to battle yep whenever we would mention this to friends who had seen it so often the men would get super defensive, and one of their items of defense was, how could it be homoerotic? There was a scene with women's breasts in it. <laughs> I love it, man. I know. I love it. This is this is exactly what I live for. Like, this kind of shit uh, makes me so happy. Yeah. That, you know, they're like, what? What? How would you mean that there was, like, it's, it's dudes wrestling the whole time. If you don't want to see it, that's fine, but just, it's there. It's there if you want it, or don't, or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, but, like, don't deny it's there. Like, it's there. You're just feeling weird about it because you said you really like this and now you're uncomfortable with your sexuality about it so yeah, yeah. it's like lena haiti aka oh god i haven't thought about game of thrones in so long cersei lannister uh okay. is yeah she you can see her breasts in like some like 15 second or even shorter like sort of dream sex scene but there's also like dudes basically in like speedos for the rest of the two-hour movie right so it's like lost i only watched the first season and a half maybe before getting bored we were binging it when we had a newborn i remember saying to vani this is dumb 40 minutes of building suspense and a two-minute cliffhanger for next week then they just do it all over again they never answer my questions well i think that's most probably most network dramas of the time i mean lost in particular but i'm with you dude i like i said i only watched like the first like first season and then i gave up too i'm, I'm watching now because of michelle rodriguez and it's a little bit different perspective wise watching it for her and i'm actually enjoying it the second time around i think like, the very more, first but... time that i watched it i watched like three quarters of the first season i was like no i'm good and then i really yeah, you too i like i i did like, i remember doing like 18 hours and being like no this isn't for me like i gave it like a long time and then like later i was like i'll give it another shot and i was like oh no i love this but it took a while like it's not exactly it's accessible and not in in ways so you kind of have to have your mind open to it right and just yeah. know in retrospect that you're not gonna have questions answered i don't know i think that's the th i think that's the thing that you and wes really led me in with this time watching it is because like when i watched it, like the first time with rachel she'd be like oh i don't know if this happens and i didn't know if she was like saying like i don't know or like i'm not gonna tell you or like what happens or whatever but like you guys being like look they just don't answer some shit like when i once i knew that and like just let my mind go i'm like okay cool they widen things out for a while then drop a lot of it to the frustration of many fans but then like the important things they all come back together but i want to say at some point you find out why there's a polar bear on the island but like by that point you're like who cares like it doesn't matter like it's just, <laughs> why does walt have a comic book that predicts what's on the island that's never brought up who were adam and eve i don't remember if that is like it's just like things that early on where it's like these are the craziest mysteries it's like well they're never answered right so it just i can yep. see why people are frustrated but that was never what hooked me in like the mystery element was interesting but it was always about the character and the mythology and just the mystery of it all in general as opposed to like being a detective and being like, oh, this leads to this or whatever. So you know what, and you know what's helping me this time too 
honestly, in a weird way, watching them not binging, I forget things like, why does he have the comic book and stuff like that? Then I don't get mad that I don't know the answer to it. If you, like, watch them in a row, you're like, oh, fuck, like, no, they, we didn't answer this other thing. Yeah. But, like, now, giving me, like, you know, four days in between each episode, shit that, like, is minor like that, that was, like, a big mystery one episode, is like, okay, no, nothing fucking matters. To be fair, that's how most people experience it on TV, and they were still pissy, so. Yeah, but I have, like, a really shitty memory about stuff like that. Like, I need to watch it in a row, or I just ADD it right out of my brain, so. Paul Verhoeven, I really enjoyed the RoboCop and Total Recall picks. It stirred, it spurred me and my friends, who had been talk, doing our Zoom movie night, to watch his movies. I'd never seen RoboCop, with the exception of the oh. boardroom scene where the machine kills the guy by accident. Not really by accident. Yeah. We later find out it's on purpose. Ooh. I walked in with my dad watching that scene when I was a kid, and it traumatized me. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. We watched Total Recall last week. Next week will be Basic Instinct, then Showgirls, Starship Troopers, and Hollow Man. Ooh. I would also Basic say... Basic Instinct is good, too. Add yeah. the movie L E L L E. It's like it's 2016 movie. It's close to being on par with those, and I think it's just a great movie, and Isabel Huppert is amazing in the lead, so maybe not necessarily as, like, explosive as some of those, but definitely worth watching, I think, with your friends or without, but L, great movie. Chocolate Rain, I also had no idea what this was. <laughs> Thank you. The clue was, yeah, I didn't remember his name at all, but... Book it. Nice callback, Joe. I remember the buttons with the stars. It was the only reason I read anything. Gotta get that personal pizza. Most of the pizza exactly. around me are out of business, too. Another similarity between Austin and Minneapolis, I guess. There's no good pizza places. Domino's become my go-to because I own a rental house, and the guy who lives there is the manager. He's a great guy, ah. so I figure I may as well support his store. Okay. I thought you were going to say because like, he that. pays his rent in pizza, but... I guess. <laughs> no, no, no. You're just being kind. Man, hey, if any of my friends have a business or work at a business, I always choose that one first over anything else because just show them that, like, hey, man, I support your business. And then as soon as they, like, quit or get fired, I never go back to that place again. Dead to me. Dead. To, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I banned a lot of places because, like, I'm like, fuck that place. Hotel story. Back when I was 19 and in trade school for HVAC, I got a job at a hotel as their HVAC and maintenance guy. Besides the HVAC, I fixed a lot of doors and TVs. It was a decent after-school job. Well, one night, 10 minutes before the end of my shift, I got a call from the front desk. There was a Green Mill restaurant connected to the hotel. Someone had thrown up in the adjoining men's room. Oh, boy. I told them to get housekeeping or the janitor, and they said they'd all gone home, so I had to do it. Nope. I sat downstairs getting angry about having to do it. I walked up to the restroom, opened the door, and someone had basically made it into the door and then projectile vomited all over the bathroom. I stood there and stared for a minute, turned, and walked out. I walked back up to the desk and said I was going home. They asked if it was clean, then I said no, and walked out to my car and left. The next day I came into work where my supervisor called me into his office. He had a three-page handwritten note from the assistant manager about me and how terrible of an employee I was. Yep. Neither of us liked her because she thought herself queen of the castle and treated us all like dirt. As it turned out, the front desk called her, come in and clean up the vomit. The supervisor just told me to get to work, and the next time I should call him. Nice. Well, that turned out better than I thought. Like, you didn't, I thought you were going to quit. I, you should have rage quit just right there. Well, I mean, no, I, I think you did it right. Like, you don't have to quit. Just be like, no, I'm not doing that. And then, like, if they're going to fire you, like, that's not. But, like, how's the HVAC kid, the, like, one responsible, like, like you're not housekeeping. No, like, but I think And that's it's, the manager's job it's, now. It's the like, mindset of, like, entitled people be like, oh, yeah, like, he fixes things. He can clean things up, too, right? Like, it's just, like, they're in their mind, they're like, oh, yes, he's just, he's one of those, right? Like, And it's also, like, I'm above this, right? right? Like, and you're like, no, dude, like, you're the manager. Nobody else is there. Like, you fucking clean this now. That's your job as a manager. There was the a... Point. 
a Twitter thread all these times that they had like in in fast food places or whatever they had to do like this kind of stuff or like disgusting bathroom things and like the common commonality aside from just like so many people being like this is the worst thing that ever happened in my life but a lot of people were just like no like it's the manager's responsibility like if the if the quote-unquote like correct people aren't there or whatever yep. it's never the minimum wage person or never like the low on the totem pole it's always like no you're in charge the person's not there it's your job so the manager's job in any job is to be able to do all the mm-hmm. other jobs if nobody can do those jobs so that's the whole point yes yep. he says though about a month ago my mom dropped off a box of stuff from my childhood that'd been in their house in that box mm-hmm. I found the letter from the assistant manager. I have no memory of taking it home. It was very exciting to find and read. So I guess that three-page handwritten note Justin still has. So I, I want to know how angry it was. I bet it was like really angry. Like, and then I would imagine said, it's very like passive-aggressive, leave- just like like a very yeah. Karen kind of just like. And clearly, he's not a good employee because I had to come in here, and you can't imagine what I had to do th- on my <laughs> night off. And I <laughs> how do you write a three-page note about like refuse to clean bathroom? Like that's like a like a two-sentence like. <laughs> like written up refuse to clean bathroom i mean i think that's all you need to know about like who they are and how they view the world it's like my boss likes to say that every blog should be a book and every book should be a blog just like everything is the wrong length it just yes yes. things that are actually interesting are never as long as they need to be and things that like should not be as long as they are are never actually interesting so true just be like get it yeah fuck justin he didn't clean this thing up it's like well that wasn't his job it's like okay cool end of conversation like that's (laughs) right like that's not three pages thing. worth of this. Yeah. Thanks for reading the long email. Now I can get a piece of scratch paper out for notes. Keep up the great work, Justin. P.S. Hilarious that you got the Budget Boys on the podcast. I wouldn't have guessed that me sharing a silly Facebook video would have turned into a whole episode. Now let's do that with Agent Bilkins. I still, I mean, like yeah. my greatest sadness Same. is that like I tried to get Ted. I emailed Ted's manager. Never heard back from Ted's manager. Like, Ted, what, like what's Ted doing? Like, no offense to Ted, but like... <laughs> Just give us like fifteen minutes. Just be like, Ted, what's what's going on in that scene? Yeah, I bet that that manager like doesn't. I bet that he doesn't have a manager anymore. Out of the game. It's just like another so, like, email address that he needs to check and just doesn't check. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or it's like that thing that like I see a lot of women on Twitter claim that like you know they have like an agent email address that like gets like emailed for them, but it's really just them too, so that they can like you know not get yelled at by people. And maybe he had one of those because he's like his own agent and he just like lost the password to that. And never looked it up. So sad. Come out of movies. And he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to re-up to his IMDb Pro to update it. So yeah, exactly. Sorry, Ted. <laughs> yeah. Next email. Last email from Jerry Robinson. Subject line: Karate Kid Pizza. And what's up? What's up, Jerry? How are you doing, bud? Hey guys. Hope all's well during these times. I got some Karate Kid knowledge for you. I watched them all Ooh. and only like the first two. There was the first okay. one in '84, Part Two in '86, Part Three in '89, the next Karate Kid '94, and the reboot in 2010. Trust me, just stick with the first two. Okay, okay. Joe, too, you were talking about pizza, and there's a spot over here called Signors. It's a magnificent and very well-known in the peninsula part of the Bay Area, but I can always go for Domino's and Little Caesars, especially the cheesy bread. I actually made cheesy breadsticks yesterday. That was something that I did make. They're really fucking good. Says an important question for you three asking Rachel too. So if she's there, get her on the phone. Pineapple or pizza? Pineapple on pizza. Yes or no? Rachel, what do you say? Pineapple on pizza? Pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Rachel has a mild pineapple allergy. Never mind. Oh. 
I'm a dumb person for saying this. So she gets like mildly itchy when she eats pineapples. Like not like EpiPen or like Breakout or something, but like she gets like itchy. So I'm gonna say Small it's a no for her. Okay. So no for her. What about you? I I like it on a Hawaiian pizza. I don't think it's as bastardized as people claim it to be. Pizza has many things on it, and they put weird shit on pizza in Italy anyways. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, just like a vehicle for, like, toppings, right? My dad is always like, that's not pizza, about anything, right? Just, like, anything that's not basically pepperoni or sausage or just, like, one of four pizzas, just like, oh, that's not pizza. I don't, I think... And I, it's so I, weird. I think I don't, like, I don't have a problem with it, but I don't like ham on pizza, but bacon and pineapple, mmm, mmm. I, I actually, and I really like grilled pineapples, too, in general, so, like, I like anything that I could put grilled pineapples on. But, like, yeah, what like I was saying, like, in Italy, like, when I was there, I'd have pizzas that have, like, eggs on them. That's there. They make these pizzas, and nobody's, like, ashamed of it, so... I mean, like, one of the most know. popular, like, kind of hippest... It was a while ago. I don't know if it still is, but pizza chains in New York is artichoke pizza, right? And, like, it's all, like... Yes, art- it is. Like, I don't like that, but I don't disrespect... Like, you know, it's just, like, it's not for me. But clearly, if people didn't love it, they wouldn't be as popular as they are, so I don't know. There's a lot of food things that I hate that people do. Pineapple on pizza is not one of them. Yeah. I could I could create a whole list of things that I don't, don't like. Oh, you have a, you have <laughs> like, a problem like, with things I never would have guessed. <laughs> I know, especially like food thing, like like hey, if you want to talk about people using the wrong pasta shape with the wrong sauce, I get so upset about that. And there's like very specific rules to that. You know, if you want to put pineapple on pizza, it's just a bread thing, man. What the fuck's it doesn't matter? Yep. It doesn't bother me too much. It says they're doing an FX marathon of the movies and they're playing in chronological order, except skipping five and three, which is kind of disappointing. That's weird. They also have cables say strange. shit on TV instead of a blank, but no fuck. So far, I've seen one, two, four, six, and seven. Yeah, they play them in a fucking row all the time, too. <laughs> Got a little story about the infamous chain. Dom had it in one, and it was the ring when him and Letty got married. We did the whole mm-hmm. we did the whole lap about this, yeah. Speaking of yeah. Michelle, there was a deleted scene in Avatar where her and another character were having sex on one of those pods. Okay. When Whoa. Dom took off in four, he left letting the chain to her. She comes home at thirteen twenty seven, restores the broken charger, and hangs the chain yep. and quote unquote dies. Dom yes. wears it in five until he falls off to Elena, but Dom quickly retrieves it. Dom has it in six. He gives it to New Letty, saying, "I belongs to you." Letty gives it to Owen. He tosses it aside, gets kind of blank, because then Deckard has a necklace before he quote kills Han. Sean then has it, passes it back to Dom. I swear he's a magnet for that necklace. Pretty much Dom, Letty, Dom, Elena, Dom, Letty, Owen, Deckard, Sean. Dom. Yeah, that's that's the definitive passing. I think I, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, that we did the whole sense. walk down memory chain lap where we tracked that every episode, so I think that lines up with what you said. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think so. One of my best friends, Jason, and I were at Dave & Buster's a few years back. We had the unlimited play card, and we played Fast and Furious driving game where you can enter a pin and save your car upgrades. Jason mm. chose a Charger, and I chose a GTR, and of course, we made them black and blue. We were there for a while racing and upgraded our cars to the max. We were the Dom and Brian of that game. That's all I got for now. <laughs> Be fast, never last, and hashtag Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever for serious, yeah. I haven't been to Dave & Buster since they have un- had unlimited play. Have you? No, I I had I my remember the last time I was at one high school graduation college grad college graduation there I think and maybe I've gone once or twice since but yeah no I, there's not there's none near me unfortunately yeah I think the closest I, one to I me don't... is probably well, unless I'm wrong is the mall where we would normally see the Fast and Furious movies there's one oh, you're at, right. at, in there Nyack is one yeah in in the Palisades mm-hmm. yeah yeah I don't know I think there's you know what there is one that's closer to here but it's in another mall you're right I just I don't think I'm ever near a mall like I don't I don't like you know with Amazon and stuff like I never go 
to a mall or near one for that matter. Nothing sadder than dead malls. True. I do love dead malls though. I mean, if that's on brand or not, like malls that have like two stores though, I find those very interesting and malls that have many stores. I'm like, no, I have no use for you. Yeah. That's all the emails for today. Family at cageclub.me. Thank you, Wes, Justin, and Jerry for emailing. And if you want to send in a note, family at cageclub.me. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. Big news that basically broke kind of as we were recording. The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, announced that he and his whole family had COVID, but they're all battling it. They're all back from it. Seems like their daughters just had kind of the sniffles, I think he said. But he and his wife, uh, Lauren, were hit a little bit harder. And also, I mean that they're okay. Not in the Fast and Furious, but core to the DNA of the show, Robert Pattinson also has COVID and they shut down the filming of the Batman to let him sort of take care of that. So it does not care if you're famous or not. It's going to mess you up. So wear a damn mask. I wonder how many more famous people have gotten it, but haven't admitted it. Because we used to see that a lot, right? It's like, oh, this person got it or whatever, right? And then like it just kind of stopped and now it feels like there's another wave. And I don't, I don't know why that is. I don't know if people just stop talking about it. I don't know. I don't know. I think there's some kind of, like, stigma, you know? Like, what really made me think about it is the timing between, like, The Rock coming out and saying he had it, and also Chadwick Boseman coming out, like, well, Chadwick Boseman dying and not, nobody knowing that he had cancer. Like, the juxtaposition of those two things, I was, like, wondering, like, how many people that are, like, athletes or, like, actors and stuff, like, got it, didn't have it? Because we really only heard of Tom Hanks, right? Yeah, I mean, there are, I think there are a lot of in terms of massive, massive people, yeah, I, I think that there there is, to your point, like, I think there's a stigma, but, like, it's not, unless you're out, like, like, there was a wedding in Maine where, like, 147 people got COVID, because, like, they just, yep. you know, whatever, like, it, unless you're doing something like that, which is idiotic, I don't think that you should be blamed, just the world we live in where everything is politicized, and you're like, oh, whatever, right, like, I, I, I yep. think it's just easier just to be like, no, but, again, like, normalize it, right, like, just be like, hey, I got it. I was being safe. You know, our housekeeper got it or, you know, the, the child care person or whatever. These people are in contact with a ton of people. I'm sure they have like handlers and bodyguards. And Well, The Rock and The Rock in his 11 minute, which, by the way, I love you, The Rock, but like, let's tighten these up a little bit. <laughs> but like he said about like, I think it was someone like one of the people who works for him. I think it might have been like somebody who helps out with their kids. She had it and brought it into the house and like just, you know, make yeah. one not lapse in judgment, but you think that somebody else is safe and you're doing everything right and you're wearing a mask. But then in your home, you bring I don't know, right? This is the thing that people have to be paying attention to. Is it like, you're like, oh yeah, I'm good. And then like you run into like one person and it's like one person just needs to not be behaving. Yep. And it might not have even been your fault. And like you just come into contact with them and this is what happens. So just be extra careful, guys. A lot of my friends have just decided that they're over it and bless them. Over it as in like just they're not going to worry about it anymore? Kind of. I mean like they're like, you know, like they'll like half the time worry about it, but then they'll be like, you know, oh yeah, like I was doing this and this and this. Well, yeah, it's like that's the thing. Like you can't, if if you're going to do it, like if you're going to do that, by all means, I mean don't, but like why worry about it half the time then, right? Like if you're going to. Yeah. Like it's the same thing like now that, you know, in New Jersey, like restaurants are open again, indoor dining, like 25% capacity and movie theaters are open and other performance venues and like there's like this little like park in town that has like a water thing and like that reopened and like I just I don't get it like it's it's no different now than it was in March like we're closer (laughs) to a thing but we don't have a vaccine or anything and no and you know maybe hospitals are a little bit better equipped to handle it but it's we're no different it's just no 
It's not. Yeah. People just gave up on it, and God bless them. I hope that nobody gets sick. That's all I'm saying. But, you know, it happens every day. Joe, any other news? I have one little thing that's not quite related, but sort of related, but anything you saw since we last recorded? It was Idris Elba's birthday. Ooh, okay. Yeah, like, I think yesterday, recording days-wise, so. Oh, no, today. Okay, then it's today. Happy birthday, Idris Elba. And also Lauren Lapkus, who is not at all related to the Fastiverse, but I love Lauren Lapkus. She's a comedian. She's wonderful. So, happy birthday, Idris, and happy birthday, Lauren Lapkus. The other thing I wanted to say, what? and this ties in, in two different ways. So I was talking about a couple episodes ago that movie She Dies Tomorrow written and directed by Amy Simetz with the surprise Michelle Rodriguez at the end. Last okay. episode yes. I talked about why she was in that. She just wanted to yep, do weird yep, shit. Yep. So Criterion brings people in like I don't know if they do this in person anymore but they would used to do like a video series where like in New York they actually have like the library or whatever and I think it's just like where they ship the DVDs from or whatever. Okay. And they would bring filmmakers in and just be like hey pick out 10 movies that mean something to you and like talk about like why the movie. It's like a really cool kind of thing whatever right? Okay. And so Criterion for the most part is like movies that I've never heard of, movies that I've heard of and like probably haven't seen yet, or just like the the very few that I'm like, oh yeah, okay. So Amy Simetz comes in to talk about She Dies Tomorrow. She did a first movie called Sun Don't Shine. So I'm scrolling through the list. I'm just like, I've never heard of this, never heard of this, never seen this, never heard of this. But tied for 10th, her last one on the list, Two Lane Blacktop. Ooh. And she ties this nice. with a movie called Badlands, which is a Terrence Malick movie, which is great, which past guest Tobin Addington absolutely loves. She says, these two films give me a nostalgia for the 70s, even though I wasn't alive then. They also heavily inspired Sun Don't Shine, but they opened me up to masculine movies that have a softer side. In Tulane, you have these men racing their muscle cars, but you also have this soft-spoken James Taylor character. And in Badlands, you have the sweet Sissy Spacek matched with the unhinged Martin Sheen. There's also this very 70s renegade feeling to them. They're very American. I don't think they could have been made anywhere else. Tulane is the closest thing you could get to a James Benning movie in commercial cinema. And James Benning is a, just an independent filmmaker from Milwaukee who's made movies that I've never heard of before. But basically, I think kind of what we talked about, like this is like a big movie for being so kind of weird and ethereal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just thought I it was agree. cool that this Very director, cool. who is not really at all tied to the Fastiverse, other than having Michelle Rodriguez in five minutes of her movie, loves Tulane, so... Yeah. That's cool. I had, Yeah, very, very cool. Anything else that you've seen? Any other news? Any other thoughts or anything like that? Nope. All right, Joe. Then the Ana Lucia Cortez, Leticia Ortiz, Lost for a Minute, episode the 23rd Psalm, which I believe is season two, episode 10. This is a Mr. Echo episode. Who is one, one of my favorite yep. characters. I love Mr. Echo. We also get some crossover with him and Charlie that we find out that the Virgin Mary statues filled with heroin originated yes. with Mr. Echo in his king, you know, drug lord in a kind of a small town or whatever. That that plane town. that crashed on the island originated from there, which is kind of a cool crossover. It is a very, very cool link. And this is something that, like, um, I don't think we've gotten any of these, like, really big, like, somebody's in the background of something else type things in a while. So I was enjoying that. Well, very briefly, we did not talk about it, but on the last episode, what Kate did when she visits her dad, or she thinks is her dad, but just, I guess, was not her biological father, which we find out, when she visits him at the army recruiting office on a TV in the background is Saeed. So there's a little bit of that. Ooh, I missed that. So you said you love this episode. I like this episode a lot. I don't love this one. Like, this is not one that I would say, I mean, I love Mr. Echo. He's one of my favorite characters. But what did you love about this episode? Because there's very, very barely any Anna. So we can't, we shouldn't talk about it too long. But you said you love this one. Great episode. What'd you love about it? Oh, I thought it was really good. I liked the the getting the answer 
right? We were just talking about this with Justin, like getting the answer of like where the plane came from. Yep. That's always a good thing to have in these. I like that we got a Mr. Echo episode because it's a new character that we hadn't done this before. Mm -hmm. So it's not like just going back and like watching Jack do something again. I was liking, you know, that we went to like another country, wherever Mr. Echo is from. So it's not just like another part of like California or whatever. They're kind of international. For the Letty part, I was really excited that um, Sun and Jin forgave Letty for shooting Shannon because they also realized how annoying Shannon was. <laughs> so they were like, thank you for shooting her. And they gave her a fish, I think. Yeah, so, so at the like, end of the episode, like what normally in the space where there's normally like a musical montage, we have Mr. Echo saying the 23rd Psalm to Charlie about, you know, the way we walk through the Valley of the Shadow of Death. And yep. we have people all over the island doing different things and Anna's making a fire and Sun and Jin bring her a fish and also just shake, like basically introduce themselves and just say, hey, here's a fish. I found like some fun, like, like funny things that like I was laughing about to myself. Like Charlie's on a desert island. He is a rock star and got thrown out of his like hut that he's stepfathering a child that isn't his in. And I was like, how are you like, like there's one like eligible like young guy on this island who's famous and he's like in the doghouse right like i was like wow man like you had to really fuck this up like to to, to be like at this point so i thought that was really enjoyable to me just because it was funny because charlie's like always a mess and then you know walt just using fucking icq over here talking to michael whatever he feels like on the computer is like interesting and i'm excited to see where that goes those were my fun and we got like very little jack in this yep which was nice. We got very little Kate in this. Yep. This is why this was such an enjoyable episode for me. Like, I'm done with them. Like, Sawyer got a haircut that didn't look like a haircut. Fine. Whatever. But, like, yes. Cool. What I think is really funny, just because, like, they don't... There's... It's, we've reached a point where they don't know what to do with certain characters. They're like, okay, Claire the baby, now what? Like, who's Claire now? Last time we saw her, she said the same thing, just like, I can't believe how religious Charlie is. Like, he just got this statue. It's like, yeah, we, we heard you say that to Locke last time. Like, she's having the same conversation. Like, we can imagine her having the conversation with everybody. Like, Jack, can you believe that Charlie, 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 is religious? Like, he loves the statue. It's just like, like, but she's like telling people like Locke who like knows or like he's like, well, this is weird. And then she he, she tells Mr. Echo who like knows the statue or whatever. And he breaks the statue and oh, like give her something to do. But now she's got the baby. <laughs> I straight, I honestly do not remember whether Claire lives or dies. I want to say <laughs> probably lives, but I don't, I don't like, I don't remember what her arc is now, now that she had the baby. Cause like, it's like, okay, there's a pregnant woman on the plane. She had the baby. Now what? It's done. I, I don't remember. I don't remember. We're halfway through season two, and she's just like, ah, I don't know. Even like Hurley. So Hurley, there's more. I, rem- I think he's more important to the grand scheme. But like, you're gonna see if you continue on. Like, they basically drop away a lot of characters, and they're just like, cool. Here's who we're focusing on, and like, this is the core group. And there's people that you don't know yet. People that they're adding in different ways. But like, they're already kind of separating the wheat from the chaff a little bit. And like, Claire is just like. Can you believe Charlie? Religious? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yep. The other thing, the only other thing that I wanted to point out was we get Mr. Echo versus the smoke monster, and he stares it down. Oh. Yeah, that was cool, too. A little mythology-type situation going on there, which I really enjoyed. Like, we've seen the smoke monster, I think, a little bit before, but this is, like, the first, like, serious look at it, and, like, he just stares into the... Is that the official name for it, or is that just what you call it? That's what people... I don't remember... I think... I... It's, I mean, it's like the official fans. name that people refer to it as. Okay, okay. You find out more about it later, but um, 
Yeah, smoke monster. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to know if you were like that's like a Joe name for it, like a nickname nope. that you gave it, or if that's like the fan name for that's it. That's what I think they probably refer. I think they've referred to it in different ways. They're just like, have you seen that thing or whatever? But yeah, no, smoke monster. That's that's the name. Okay, cool. Any other thoughts about? The 23rd Psalm. No, that was just a fun one. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm sad that we had no Letty in that one, but like I gave you, did you, do you agree with my logic now or my reasonings on why I enjoyed this episode? I think it seems like when you get answers to things, you love the episode. Yes. And I don't have to watch, you know, Jack and Kate have sexual tension for 45 minutes. But you love that last episode too. So, you know, that's, that's all it was about. So no, that last episode was good though. For what happened in the last one, I forget. Well, that was the Kate episode. That was the, that was a three-way love triangle. That's exactly what you're saying. You don't like, but you love that. episode. Yeah, but it gave me the answer to what she did. Yeah. That's what, that's the other side of it. And there was the tension in it. So yes. Well, the next episode we're covering is the next episode is called the hunting party. And I don't remember what they're hunting or who that hunting party is, but the hunting party next. He told him he would put a party together and go find them. That's definitely what they're about to do. Then they're hunting. They're hunting some Waltz. Joe, the last thing I have to do is the Fast and Furious minute, minute eighty-four. A minute I call again. This is a difficult one because, like, we're in the middle of an action scene. Unhook yourself. I want to call it unfuck yourself. What's that? What's that from? Like, what's the quote from? What he's like? You better unfuck yourself. Full Metal Jacket. I think there's a bunch of, if you just Google unfuck yourself, there's like a guy who wrote a book called unfuck yourself, get out of your head and into your life. I think I'm, I'm thinking of full metal jacket though. Like you better unfuck yourself. Yeah. Unfuck yourself. Private Joker gunnery, Sergeant Hartman directing yeah. private Joker to unfuck himself. Yeah. When I was watching it, that's what I was thinking about. So minute 84 unhook yourself. this minute, Dom continues to try to rescue Vince from the truck as he flails about. Dom approaches in his car as the truck as the truck driver slams on his brakes, spinning Vince to the side. The truck driver fires three more times at the side, once through the window, once through the door, and once that we don't see that hits one of Dom's tires. Yeah, and he didn't use quarters either. He used real bullets. Yeah. Resident Evil joke. Little, come on, a little Resident Evil joke there? This, I think, bodes not well for future movie minutes because, like, when we're in an action scene, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to write down. I don't know what to call this. I don't know what trivia question to be. It's just like, yeah, there's, yes. mo- there's it's basically the same minute as last time Vince is flailing about. Yes. So I got some more stuff from the truck, though. Okay. K&J Transports in, is from El Paso, Texas. As Nick let us know, it's also on the cab. Cool. So... That's a K&J transport truck, and it matches the trailer, but it's both. I got the cab number, got the DOT number. There, so there's like a whole bunch of numbers all over this truck. Got all of them. Cool. The thing that we talked about last minute that I want to bring back up this minute is like the thing on the back of Letty's chair. Did you see it this minute? It looks like just like a piece of duct tape. It looks like a piece of duct tape, but as I was watching, I asked Rachel, like, what do you think that this is? 
and she saw it, you know, because it cuts back to Letty again, it's still behind her head, and then it cuts over, and Dom has one too, so either this is like two markers for their stuntmen, which it might, most likely might be, <sighs> right, like a height thing, or just like, you know, like <sighs> where you put your head, Okay. or they have the exact same seat covers on their Honda Civics, the seat covers have some wacky tag on them. Normally, when you have marks for things, like they're on the ground, it's like places to walk to or hit or whatever. I don't know what this could possibly be for, unless it's like for the camera to focus on the right height. Like, it might be a height thing for the camera to focus, but like, I can't imagine, I don't know. Because like, either. whenever we're looking in the car like that, like the stunt driver's not going to be in there, because if we're in the car, we're seeing Vin Diesel, we're seeing Michelle Rodriguez. We're not seeing somebody else right so like i don't know it's weird but like i see it now and i don't have answers i don't have answers either but i just i just found it confusing and i had never noticed it before so i'm not gonna unsee it if it is like a if it is like a seat cover like a headrest cover it's the most boring headrest cover in the history of headrest covers well i mean these are non-discreet black honda civics that just happen to have green running lights but yes yeah the only actually i do want to say that letty saying son of a bitch at the beginning of the minute like i love that line delivery i don't know why like it just it feels it feels like because i think she's having fun with it because she's like like you know come on like she she wants the guy to shoot at her right and then like she gets shot and she's like like this is a dumb idea like what am i doing um so i just think that the way she delivers that son of a bitch line was pretty good the only possible trivia question i can come up with and i don't I don't know if this is a good one or not, and I don't know if you have a better one or not, but I wrote no. down, when Dom is trying to rescue Vince, he counts to three to give Vince a countdown to jump. What happens when Dom reaches three? And the answer is the truck driver slams on his brakes, which makes it feel like the truck driver can hear him, but like, there's no way the truck driver can hear him. <laughs> I mean, maybe? It's maybe? so loud. It's so loud. Like, trucks are loud on their own, and like... Yeah, or he just like happens to slam on his brakes at the same time. I think it's more so that, but like, when we're watching, Dom goes one, two, three. As he says three, it cuts to the truck driver's, like, the pedals, and he slams yes. the brake, and then Vince flails around. Yep. I just don't know what else happens in this minute, because like, all the dialogue is like... No. All the dialogue is like, ugh, Vince, help! Yeah. Is this okay? Like, I don't, I just, I don't have another question. We could, we could do a no question in a minute. I like having a question in a minute. I, I feel like maybe for future movies, we don't have to do that, but I feel like we're 85 in. We might as well, or 84 in or whatever. Like, Yeah, this is fine. I can't think of anything, but I, this is the only thing that I would have come up with as well. I had a similar thought when I was trying to come up with a question. So what are some other things that uh, we could say? He shoots through the door. Okay. Uh, the truck driver slams into Dom. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, flips Letty the finger. <laughs> okay. Right? I mean, come on, like... When Dom is trying to rescue Vince, he counts to three to give Vince a countdown to jump. What happens when Dom reaches three? The truck driver flips Letty off, the truck driver shoots through the door, the truck driver slams into Dom, and the truck driver slams on his brakes. The answer exactly. is Exactly. Well, Joe, Perfect. let's take a break. Let us hear a word from our Wes interlude, and let's talk about Resident Evil. episode number 124 resident evil this episode is brought to you by the memory lab what is the memory lab 
It's a place. The lab provides equipment for digitizing home movies and scanning photographs and slides. It's a do-it-yourself model, meaning they provide step-by-step instructions, but you control the process from start to finish. Shout out Memory Lab, DC Public Library. Well, shout out Memory Lab, shout out DC, shout out Rachel, shout out everyone here. Shout out specifically to Nick Burris for sponsoring this episode as part of the Patreon perk. Thank you, Nick, for supporting us over there and for having us watch this movie with us today. Special surprise guest? That's to be determined because we have not recorded the intro to this yet. She joined me. I I teased this. Joe, I teased this when uh, did. we previewed this, but we did an episode of Third Time's a Charm like six months before it came out. It took so long for Mike to edit that, and I don't know why. <laughs> I was saying that I watched the third one, and I didn't watch the first two, and I was like, I don't, I don't know, I don't have any context or anything that's going on here. I mean, I'd seen them both forever ago. Watched the third one, I was like, I don't know. And then our guest was like all about it. Uh, she loves this franchise, I think. We'll find out, I'm pretty sure. With us tonight, you back from Driving School Lab, we have Kara Gail O'Regan. Hello, Kara. Hello. I'm so excited to be back. Welcome. Thank I'm you so glad for joining us once again. Thank you. For so having. glad to have you back. So now, can you please clarify or correct, do you love this franchise? I, I think you messaged us early in the lap. You're like, are you doing the Resident Evil movies? We're like, yeah, of course. And then you said, I would like to be on them. None of us know if you'll be joining us for the next episode. We'll find out on <laughs> Sunday when we record. But yes. can you please share your history with the franchise? If there's a particular movie of the six that you like the most or what you think, just general overall thoughts about the Resident Evil film franchise. Um, I love it. I never played the video game. You never played the game either. Cool. Okay. No, but this is like one of my favorite horror franchises. And you've seen all six. Or sci-fi. I'm not sure if I've seen the last one, which doesn't bode well for the last one. Maybe. (laughs) I'm not exactly like a devotee, but I've seen all of them except maybe for the last one, question mark. The one I like the most... And also the names are very confusing, which is really annoying because it's hard to keep track of. Yes. Yeah. But tell us Fast and the Furious. Out... We get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Whichever one came out in like 2010, Retribution, Apocalypse. Apocalypse. No, Apocalypse is the second one. Okay. So this one came out in 2002. So Michelle Rodriguez, just for context of this, Michelle Rodriguez goes from the Fast and the Furious directly to this directly to Blue Crush, which is like a hell of a one-year span. Yeah, that's yeah, really. Rowdy. So there's Resident Evil. It was originally called Resident Evil Ground Zero, and then 9-11 happened. They're like, cool, scrapping Please. that title, just call Resident <laughs> Evil. Good call. I'm going to try to do this without, without looking it up. Then there was Resident Evil Apocalypse, which came out like 04, 05, uh-huh. maybe? 04, probably? Yeah, that sounds right. Then there was Conviction, no. which is the one no, that... No, 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 Afterlife. Oh, you're talking about there's like a weird animated thing. Meet? Hold on, hold on. Extinction. Extinction. It's 2007. Yeah, you're right. It is Extinction, and then it's Afterlife. Okay. So okay, so Extinction is the one that you that you and Mike and I talked about. Right. I guess, that's the right? desert one. Yep. Then there was Afterlife. Then there's Retribution, and then there's the final chapter. Right. Boy. I like the one that came out in 2010 a lot. So that's the fourth one. Okay. That's not Afterlife. the one we're. That's not the other one we're doing because, spoiler, at the end of this movie. Letty dies. Michelle Rodriguez dies. She does. Yeah, and I don't know how that's gonna play into this fucking thing. Well, I know, sure. and so we can play that game at the end. How do you think you're? How do you think she's gonna come back? Please. But I haven't seen the fifth one, but I know how she returns. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason we're doing the fifth one and not like the second one, because like for a while you're like, oh, maybe she's gonna survive. They actually in the end get the antivirus and like, oh, maybe yeah, she's gonna survive. Her with and then, it even. Nope. 
Zombie Letty. Yeah, still shoot her in the head. So your favorite one is one that we're not going to do, unfortunately. Do you remember anything about the fifth one, about and without saying how she comes back? But do you remember liking that one or not liking that one? I do. I like all of them uh, okay. to varying degrees. This first one, not as great as I remembered, but I still like it. I still think it's really funny. Like intentionally funny or unintentionally funny? Really riding that razor's edge because it it seems like it's taking itself really seriously, but I don't think that it is. And there are moments that like Ah. make me laugh out loud. So now, Joe, you have never seen any of these movies or played any of the games. No, I never played the games either. Right. Um, I watched this today with Rachel and actually she was the one who, like, I really like this movie. She really, really liked this movie. And she said she wants to continue watching them because they were so much fun for her. Wow. She was like, that was right up her alley and she liked it so she was like i could definitely keep watching those i was like well we're doing the fifth one on sunday so if you want to crank through them we can go through all of them and she's like cool part of the reason that i enjoy this franchise so much like aside from just like seeing a woman kicking ass and like not in a super objectified way the thing that's great about this franchise and i think is also true of the Terminator franchise and the Alien franchise is that it follows this woman through to and Halloween too follows this one woman through time and through trauma and like the overarching storyline is like watching this person trying to deal with what they've been through mm. which obviously you don't really see in the first movie because they're going through the thing and then she continues to go through all sorts of shit but it's it's like constantly evolving trauma response i like that yeah so my very not very brief but kind of brief history with this is that i honestly don't know how many times i've seen this first movie like maybe 10 like a lot like kind of uncomfortably a lot like i saw this in theaters (laughs) with my dad okay bought the soundtrack and i bought the movie and i watched it a bunch i don't have this movie memorized but like there's nothing in this like caught me off guard like i remember like vividly the opening scene with like the woman getting her head stuck in the elevator and like the dogs and the red queen and like everything like almost everything that like every part of this movie i'm like oh yeah i've seen this a lot then i saw apocalypse once and then what do we say the third one's called extinction conviction yes extinction extinction seen that one once and then that's it and then for the games i don't remember if i told this story on here or not or if i teased it but when the first game came out for the first playstation we went to i remember my grandparents were visiting and my or maybe just my grandma i don't remember but it was me my mom and my grandma and i would assume my sister too but i don't remember her as part of the story but we went to our what was walmart at the time and they had a video rental place in there, and we rented this game. And I bring it home, and my mistake was playing it in front of them. And so Dumbass. they see these zombies. Dumbass. I mean, I'm like nine. I, I don't know, know, but even then, you should add the wherewithal to realize that Grandma's going to shit herself when she sees this. I don't know if I fully knew what this was, honestly. I think because okay. it's like pre-internet or maybe not pre-internet but like pre like real internet and just like i knew that like this was a thing and like maybe it was the new game rental or whatever yeah and they i got like five minutes into the game even before i realized oh (laughs) shoot them in the head which i don't know that these characters ever learn in this movie they They do learn it eventually but like it takes them a really long time it takes a while and they have to explicitly be told yeah before i realized that they're like oh no we're bringing this back and i was like ah damn it so i brought that back and then i've since bought many resident evil games and never actually (laughs) played them because like i was saying they keep remastering them and when they go on sale for like five or ten bucks i buy them i really want to play they redid two and they redid three 
on like the Xbox One and PS4, and like they're apparently great. Like Resident Evil 2 Remastered is like one of the games of the generation. Like people love this game. The games are about Jill Valentine, not Alice, not Mila yeah. Jovovich's character. And Jill Valentine shows up in the second movie, so mm-hmm. she's another ass. Oh, so she's so the main character is not in this movie, right? From and the, the main character, interesting. And the main character in this, it's kind of a Giselle Gal Gadot thing, where it's like the entire movie goes by and you don't know her character her character's name. And like, yeah. I think there's a little bit more of a justification there because A, she has amnesia, yeah. which is a yeah, very Yeah, you're remembering nice with her. So it's kind of yes. excused, right? Like it's it's part of the storyline. Yeah, it's not like Fashion Furious where it's just like, hey, sexy lamppost, like let's just uh, exactly. let's not give you a name. Like there's kind of a reason, but it's also weird that you don't know her name is Alice until the credits. So yeah, the video games are about a character who's not in this. Still think to this day, this might be like the best video game movie or one I of the best video I think that, movies. I mean, as a person who doesn't play video games, and has not seen all of the video game movies. I think that this is such a faithful and like kind of devoted approach to making a video game movie instead of just being like, let's just take these characters and a story and like put it into a movie. Like the structure of the film and like all of its accoutrement are like really pay homage to like the form of the video game, which I think is really cool. Actually, I need to take that back. I still do really like this movie, but I want to say in the last couple of years, there have been Detective Pikachu, which I was not thrilled with because I'm I'm too yeah. close to Pokemon to actually enjoy that movie. I'm like, no, this isn't hashtag not my Pokemon. So there's a Sonic the Hedgehog movie that was pretty interesting, pretty good. I loved Sonic. I was a big fan. And I loved Detective Pikachu too. Wait, so. wait, 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 wait. Like the new one? Did that come out? Yeah. The Jim Carrey one, yeah, came out like in February, in the before times. Oh, oh, all of my It came out like my right before. Yeah, I saw that in theaters, and that was one of the last ones I saw in theaters. Oh, buddy. <laughs> a couple years ago, there was the Alicia Vikander Tomb Raider, and I, I like the Tomb Raider ones too. What's weird is that I think of those as, although I guess now there's a new Tomb Raider, I think of those more as movies than games, but they are games, and they're still games. Like there's like the whole yeah. trilogy, but the Tomb Raider, the Alicia Vikander one, and even the Angelina Jolie ones for what they are, are not bad. Tomb Raider I think, was not bad. When, I, I mean, I haven't seen it in years, but I remember watching it when it came out and I was like, oh, that's pretty decent. The like high watermark, I think, until this point, until 2002, was also a movie done by this same director, Paul W.S. Anderson, did Mortal Kombat in 1995. Oh, and yeah. That is one. kind of objectively bad, but also like wonderfully fun and weird. And the sequel, Annihilation, is not good, but like that's pretty good. And the ninety nine the nineteen ninety four Street Fighter is not bad. Like they're 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 not great, but they're like kind of goofy and fun. But the guy who did Mortal Kombat did this movie, and then also would wind up marrying Mila Jovovich. Mm-hmm. And she's played a really really integral role in developing this character and making choices about her costumes and how she that's cool yeah and how this character would react to things and stuff like that so she's very much like a co-creator of this franchise the film and the film character and she does all of her own stunts too do you know about the drama behind the scenes which one the big drama that pertains specifically to why we're covering it i guess not girl fight comes out Girl Fight gets all this buzz. It wins Sundance. She wins the Film Independent Spirit Award. She wins the Gotham Award for Best Debut. 
Michelle Rodriguez has a ton of buzz. Yeah. They have this Resident Evil movie starring Mila Jovovich. This is before she and Paul W.S. Anderson are together. They cast Michelle Rodriguez as Rain, and they're like, cool, we got this hot young actress who's like, you know, winning awards and getting all this buzz. She's going to be in this Fast and Furious movie, whatever. We're going to rewrite this movie to be about Rain. Like, still have Alice as the main character, but we're going to rewrite this to be about Rain. Apparently, Mila Jovovich is like off shooting something or on a promotional tour and then finds out the script and says, and this is when I think they were doing press for the last, for the final chapter. This is a quote. She says, I almost quit the movie. I was shooting something else, and Paul W.S. Anderson had hired Michelle Rodriguez to play Rain, and for the record, Rain was supposed to die first, and then they cast, they got Michelle Rodriguez, and they had, they rewrote us that she basically lives the entire movie until the very end. Yeah. So she had just come off Girl Fight, and there was Oscar buzz, so she was very hot at that moment, and my hotness... Mila's hotness, had sort of been already four years old by that point. I guess going Mm -hmm. back to like the fifth element, probably, Mm -hmm. right? Makes sense. So Paul rewrote the script for her. She got all my big action scenes, and she became like Alice. Alice became a tag-along. So I got to the hotel, and I said, we're going to have a big talk, or I'm going to be on a flight tomorrow morning. So he came over, and we literally sat for three hours and went through the script page by page. He was like, what do you mean? That didn't change that much. And I was like, okay, why don't we start with page one? And I pointed out every time I felt like my great scenes were taken away, that's how we started our relationship. And then they got married. Like, it's just like a, he Ugh. rewrote the entire thing to like, hot young actress, gonna blow up whatever. She's gonna be in all these action movies for the next decade, whatever. We're going to propel her to superstardom. And Mila, to your point, Kara, is like, no, 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 no. Like, this is, like, I'm going to help influence this, and you're not going to take this away from me. She is, like, when you think of the Resident Evil stuff, like, she's the she's the face and the name that comes to mind. Yeah. Oh, I hate this so much. <laughs> not great. And it's even weirder that they got married. Well, yeah. And it just, it just goes to show just how this, like, culture of scarcity for women in film in general, but particularly in action movies, it's like there are so few juicy roles for women and like (laughs) even in this movie where actually there's a lot of women in it and like most of them have like pretty interesting parts but like you know that they have to like fight over scraps it's just it it's a bummer it is a bummer huge bummer it's like they're undead zombie dogs licking the meat off themselves (laughs) sure to that point like this is a pretty diverse multi cultural multi-ethnic like there's like and i mean a lot of them die almost immediately like they get into that laser hallway and like so okay take a step back so this movie's about a zombie outbreak there is a company called on the umbrella corporation that basically owns everything in the world they develop this virus their scientists develop a virus Mm -hmm. uh we later find out that mila wakes up with amnesia but like she was part of a plan to steal and weaponize and sell the virus and make a lot of money i don't know i i it's my understanding that actually like they were trying to... Double agent it, kind of? I'm not sure. I feel like... Well, right, she like wanted to take down the Umbrella Corporation, and the guy that, that she was fake, was fake married, married to... to wanted to weaponize, like, wanted to steal and sell the virus. Okay, so they they have different ends, but the right. same means. Right, right. so it's Which like they're both stealing... Taken yes. down, etc. Yes, blue for the virus, green for the antivirus. And so while they're leaving, Spence, I think, is the guy, throws the vial. It goes into the air. Terrible time to watch a movie about this kind of pandemic. I know. Everyone in Umbrella Corporation dies as the computer protector goes into hyper control mode and shuts the building down and kind of essentially contains the virus or so we think. Almost as an autoimmune response, just like COVID 
it's not necessarily the virus that kills you. It's your immune system. Mm-hmm. Well, we that's go. why... Never mind. I'm not making any... And just like COVID, offense. sometimes the elevator kills you, too. Also, yes, exactly. I was actually at the, the part where the, the building, like, gasses them. I thought, like, oh, it's true. Given the opportunity, your employer really will let you die from a deadly virus and or would rather gas all of its employees than deal yep. with a yep. biohazard or bad PR. I think we've learned yep. that in the last several months. And now that Amazon's getting into pharma, I mean, just get ready. Oh, God. Yeah, they're going to be Umbrella <sighs> Corporation. It is Amazon. Yeah. So we then cut to this mansion, this huge building on the property of the Umbrella Corporation where Mila Jovovich wakes up with no memory of who she is or where she is or what's going on. You have a SWAT team, essentially. Not SWAT, sorry, Michelle Rodriguez, which we may get to this lap, hint, hint, <laughs> wink, wink. But there's a SWAT team that comes in and they take her and they take her fake husband and they go down into the Umbrella Corporation, into where this viral outbreak happened to investigate what went wrong. They're all employees of Umbrella. They're all like internal like cleanup Obviously. crews, essentially. Things break bad. Do you know how many times I had to Google during this movie if this because they were in a house above the lab if this movie the title was resident evil or residence evil <laughs> i had to double check myself so many times like every time i'd be like no it was definitely resident evil right and i'd be like but there it's a residence is the residence evil but you uh, know it's... like from popular culture <laughs> oh like, from i know lexicon that it's not yep. one i do yeah that's 100% I'm surprised true. that there isn't a Residence Evil movie or game or something. Right? But, like, it made sense. They were like, this house was right above the lab. I was like, is this movie called Resident Evil or Resident... And I had to Google it. I did. Sounds like a great name for a ghost movie. A Haunted Mansion? Yeah. They yeah. announced a new... Like, the Resident Evil 8 game is going to be called Resident Evil Village. Biohazard is some kind of corporation. Like, the, the Resident Evil Resident 7 was Evil called Village? Resident Evil 7 biohazard how is it not residence evil instead of resident evil village get past that get past that that's not what i'm talking about uh, okay. so i'm just talking about what as i'm essentially talking about what you're talking about without talking about what you're talking about okay. so resident evil 7 is called biohazard resident yes. evil 8 is called village there was a game that just came out on steam called biohazard village that is about a zombie apocalypse that has nothing to do with it and like capcom is not happy i saw yeah i saw this news today actually when i was funny. searching for the name of the game also i just want to close this tab but i do want to say that there was a a movie called DOA Dead or Alive which is the fighting game with our girl Devin Aoki in it so that's also Ooh. one of the better I mean that's like a 30% of Rotten Tomatoes but Rotten Tomatoes has a ranked 1 to 43 in terms of tomato meter and that's like almost in the top 10 there have not been a lot of great video game movies is what I'm trying to say apparently yeah. so as the movie goes on they fight a bunch of zombies they fight a bunch of zombie dogs basically everybody dies in the end, Mila Jovovich gets kind of taken, like, other people swoop in to, like, take her out to extract her, and then she wakes up once again, alone, disoriented, goes outside into the world. The outbreak has broken out across the world. The Dead Walk reads newspaper headlines, and things are bad, and set up a franchise. But set up a franchise in a way that I feel doesn't feel icky or gross like everything mm -hmm. now has to be a franchise and i feel like this is kind of like a ah shit like i would watch more movies but it doesn't have to be same movies. right you know what i mean yeah i really liked it i mean because it's like it's an outbreak there's a apocalypse there's a virus and they, like we only saw the very beginning of this story like it could keep going on so it doesn't feel like it was forced to be a franchise right yeah, yeah. was this before or after 28 days later this is the same year, I think, or maybe the year before, but like they're both 0203. This is 02, but I think 28th is like 0203, but it's right around yeah. the same time. Yeah, because it's that, a very similar situation. She like wakes up in a, not exactly a hospital, but. Yeah, this movie kind of ends as that one begins. Yeah. 
All right, Joe, so you had never seen this before. You've never played the games. Thoughts about the movie? I know that Rachel loved it. What do you think? I really liked it. Um, there was a lot of cool things in it. I'm glad we watched it. I gl- I'm glad that Michelle Rodriguez was in it prominently. Yeah. That's like a big bonus. Once again. You know, like, yeah, we were just talking about, you know, when we were watching Girl Fight, that we were really nervous at like some of her earlier movies. Like, especially now she makes a jump from Girl Fight fast and furious and then she comes into resident evil this is definitely where we could see her getting like shelved or like giving a given a minor role in like a big movie and she's not she's there the whole time so that's cool they immediately code her mail again (laughs) i I love it like her first line is like blow me exactly and i'm like okay cool like we didn't need to do that but sure (laughs) I guess we have to do that every movie that we're watching with her now, so cool. It's it's not even that. It's just that she has to be stereotyped as the most aggressive aggro alpha of anybody. Like, she has to be not only one of the boys, but, like, king of the mountain. Like, every one of her lines is like, blow me. Bitch isn't standing now. I'm not dead yet. Your boyfriend's a real asshole. It's like, these are all, like, tough guy one-liners, but, like, not even just guy. It's, like, tough of the toughest of the tough guys. Yeah, I I wonder when that's going to become, like, cool to us that, like, oh, cool, they're giving her lines that were were normally reserved for, like, an alpha male, and that's interesting, instead of them being, like, oh, they're coding her male, so, like, we have to sit through Michelle Rodriguez giving lines that are, like, blow me from the beginning of the movie on, and you're, like, It's gonna be interesting when when they add nuance. Yeah, the thing that's frustrating to me about it is that, like, not all of these parts, but so many of them could just have been written for a man, and, like, Mm -hmm. they're just, like, oh, I guess we'll cast her but like not change anything no yeah they don't change any of the lines i appreciate the effort but we're gonna need a little more and i feel like there is a real opportunity that they don't really that i want to say they maybe do a little bit more of with jill valentine in the second movie but like Mm -hmm. you have basically this movie is about two women right two different kind like there's kind of again visually and just personality wise alice is a little bit more feminine she's wearing the dress the whole time we got michelle rodriguez one of the guys on the swat team like there's a dynamic about two women trying to survive whatever this is that they don't know yet yeah and they don't do anything with that yeah fair it's disappointing not in like a in like a sexism way although that too but like just narratively it's like you have the potential here to do something more and i do think that they like they tell an actual story which i feel like so many video game movies don't really do Mm -hmm. but i feel like there's the opportunity to like develop more characters like i think like alice for better or worse like is kind of a pretty decently okay sort of fleshed out character that's going to grow in future movies but like you don't have anything like it just it feels like she's kind of on her own trying to swim in nothingness murkiness and like yeah well that's true of the entire franchise like that's part of the character she's a blank slate she's a neo neo i like that that makes sense i mean kind of plays well it does and and you'll see as you watch the rest of the movies that that device of like her waking up and not knowing what's happening they use that over and over and over and over again well, I mean, it happens tw- twice in one movie. Right, so, it happens yeah. twice in one movie. <laughs> um, but that's like a, a, a repeating motif throughout the franchise. And I think it's a good way to start a game, too, right? Of like, course, that's a yeah. kind of. Yeah. yeah. You're, like, you're like, oh, you're thrown into the game, but like you wake up and you have amnesia. And right. it's like, that's a perfect way to start to be like, okay, you don't need to know anything. We'll teach you as you go. Well, something that I was thinking about when I was watching this, and I know that this is your memory loss lap or whatever. But and I say that as somebody with memory loss, so I can joke about it. But um, <laughs> I was thinking about like amnesia stories for women, and I was just watching this like 
is this a projection of our constant fear of being roofied or something? Because like, which I don't like, and I also, I don't know how pervasive that fear is outside of like my specific generation who were trained to like constantly be vigilant about the fact that we were going to get roofied at, at any moment. Like, I don't know if that's how, how come that fear actually is. And like, if, if that's somehow at the root of stories about women who don't know who they are. I think it's true because I know like a lot of women that are like, yeah, I definitely got roofied once. Yeah. And you're no, like, literally anyone, any woman you talk to between like who was born between like at least 1980 and 1992 will, will have a story about them or several of their friends, friends getting roofied. Yeah. Because there's so also weird. visually in this movie, there is the vulnerability of like waking up naked. There's the nudity. There's mm-hmm. like the always like, is there somebody over my shoulder? And like, I know that's all kind of also conventions of a horror movie, which probably also plays into that. But the amnesia element too, which is like, you can't be more vulnerable. I don't think than like waking up naked and alone, yeah. unaware of where you are or who you and are. Who right? you are. Right. And not even knowing what you're capable of. Yeah. One one thing amnesia related that we've seen a couple times is lap that happens, but she fails. I don't know if it's passing or failing, but Joey, once again, get the handwriting test. Is this me? Because we saw it in Memento. We saw it in Total Recall. And we see the note here and she like writes the same note. It's like, is this me? Oh, it's not me. So I don't know if it's a pass or a fail or just like whatever. But we see that time and again where people are just like am i like what what does my handwriting look like and this is the first time that it's different yeah 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 that's true i didn't re- I, you know what to be honest i didn't even catch that that's what she was doing i thought that she was like finishing the note or writing like another part of it not giving herself the handwriting test but yeah i mean i don't know to what end there i guess just trying to get some kind of clue like is this me like or is this to me i guess but like yeah i don't know and we also get another uh, pit stop connection when Letty shows up, when when Rain shows up, R-A-I-N, her name Rain, after she swoops in, like when they're trying to, when they actually get down to the tunnels, she's like welding or something. She's wearing the mask that she wore in Blue Crush. Like She was working on the surfboard there. She's like welding or sort of soldering <laughs> through the door. But like, again, the... Is it the same only... movie prop? Did you look it up? Is that a, is that a trivia fact? She just carried it from no. She just carried it from one movie to the next. She's like, oh no, I, I got it. Like, you know, again, not only is she is she like one of the guys, but she's doing like the manliest activity, like working with fire and heavy machinery. Of course, always. But she gets bitten in this movie. I think more than anybody else. Like she oh keeps getting God. bitten, and I'm like, poor Letty. So this is what I kept thinking because like I'm watching this movie. I haven't seen any of the other ones. I, I, I know we're doing the fifth one. And, like, she gets bitten, and I'm like, and Rachel's like, oh, fuck, she got bit. Like, and, like, the first one, you're like, it kind of looked like she got bit, but there's, like, scuffle or something, and you're like, okay. And then she, like, wraps her hand, you're like, oh, she definitely got bit. Yeah. And I'm like, there has to be some kind of cure at the end of this or, like, something, because we know we're doing the fifth one. And, like, I don't know how this happens now. Well, so what do you, do you have any guesses on how she comes back? I don't want to see how she comes back, because I don't want to frame it like that's what happens, but, like, why Michelle Rodriguez is in the fifth movie. I gotta guess that it's a prequel. That's, like, the only thing that makes sense to my okay. mind. That it gotta be, like, a ba- like she's in a flashback, or sh- there's a backstory, and it's a- or it's a full prequel, and, like, they go back to, like, what happened before this, and she's part of that. Do you want to know? No, I don't want to know. Okay. I don't want to know. I want to be surprised. Do you want to know if you're right is. or wrong, or no? No, don't tell me anything. Okay. Yeah, I just, I want to go in blind, and I might watch the other ones in between first, so... Because, like, I haven't seen it, but I know how 
I know how she's in it, and I think it it's and interesting. If they just bring her back as a zombie, I'm gonna be so mad. Like if she's just like a passing zombie, like down there that like never left. From what I understand, like, and Kara, you can maybe confirm this: is that she's she's in it a good amount. Like there's a reason mm-hmm. to cover it. Yeah, it's not like she's just like in a scene or like, hey, she's a zombie. Like look at a cameo by Michelle Rodriguez. Like I think from what I understand, she's in it a fair amount. And... I haven't seen that one in a while, and I'm not sure what the threshold is for quote a fair amount. But she's definitely <laughs> not just like an One extra scene. zombie. Yeah, it's yeah. not bad. Okay. Perfect. Cool. Okay. Yeah, that's good. But yeah, she's the first one to get bitten. Uh, she gets bitten again when she tries to save her friend from the zombie elevator. She yep. gets bitten again and again, including by JD. And yep. then finally, at the end, they give her the virus. They give her the cure. It was she, too we, late. We think she dies, but then she's like, "No, I'm not dead yet." And then she's actually zombie. So it's like, "Who boy? Like, what a roller coaster!" Also, she was like the most badass one. She seems like she fought it off for like a very long time. And, like, didn't get, like, like the one guy got bit, like, way later than her is, like, I can't make it anymore. And she's, like, just trugging along, like, totally fine, no symptoms, no sweating for, like, a while. Listen, all of us have different immune systems. <laughs> and very diseases true. affect people very differently. I think it's we're all very, learning that right true. now. I was more admiring her perseverance mm-hmm. against it. Look at look at what a strong immune system she must have. Look at what a man she is. Look at her. Look at a man. Yeah, I mean, up against that's that what virus. it comes down to. You know, people right? think yeah. that they can tough it out through illness or whatever, <laughs> and like that is why men die like ten years before women on average. Well, also because yep. men just don't wear masks that cover their nose. Also, I also do want to make a particular <laughs> note that our friend. This is now like a week ago as this comes out, but our friend and past guest of the show, Austin Wolf Southern, went viral in a big way by tweeting out a, a picture of a mask that he designed, which he did not design, and now he's actually designing because it blew up. But, Karen, yeah. did you see this or no? I don't think so. So he designed a mask for people who want to be protected but also look like a fucking idiot, was the tweet. <laughs> and it's a mask that looks like your nose is dangling at the top, but that's just part of the mask design. I saw it like when I had like 30 retweets last night, and I retweeted it. And then now it has like 25,000 because it was like wow. number one on oh, Reddit. Yeah. And like he's actually designing it, and like people are reaching out to him to like get it designed. And so like it's just a very funny like where he's like, "This is just a stupid idea, like a joke." And then people are like, "Oh no, I want that mask." So I don't, I don't know. It's really funny. It is really funny. And the funniest thing, or one of the funny things, is that like it just it, it looks like his nose. Like it's a perfectly aligned. Like it's probably. I just... think he just cut the top of the thing off, and they want to design one that looks like it. He just like cut in between the like band that goes over your nose in a surgical mask, oh, and like the cloth it. that goes under it, and yeah. stuck his nose. One thing that we don't have a lot of in the Fast and Furious is lasers. Yeah, there's some good ass lasers in this. We have not seen laser dot di- like you no know, none of that Catherine Zeta Jones goodness here, right? Man, in, like I did like in the my laser. brain. It's Catherine Zeta Jones just playing. What's that game where you bend Dips backwards? Dips beneath the lasers. Yeah. Oh, what Twister? No. Limbo? Limbo! It's just limboing okay. under the lasers. Uh, in Entrapment, right? In Treesman? Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, what movie even is that? I don't remember anything else about it. And then the whole Workaholics episode where they just sing about her the whole time. I mean, there's also, like, when you Google Catherine Zeta-Jones laser scene, this is the image that comes up. It's just her ass in between lasers, so... <laughs> just, yeah, there's a reason breaking. people, like, this is in, you know cemented into people's brains. There's also the super cool, in Ocean's 12... The bad guy, like, dancing his way sort of through the lasers. Like, it's super cool. Yep. This just, like, I mean... No. N- nobody's nobody's dancing through lasers here. And they move. Like, the first time that it moved, Rachel and I were like, oh, uh-oh. Like, it's 
these people are done for. Like, because, like, he jumps, and I was like, okay, cool, he's going to clear it. Because, like, that's what I'm thinking, right? Like, they're in the hallway, and, like, the one's coming, like, head length. I'm like, just duck. And, like, she doesn't. Head gets chopped off. And then, like, the next one comes low, and I'm like, okay, cool, so just jump. And it's like, nope, it jumps up with him and cuts him in half. And I was like, oh. But then, the last one, where it just becomes, like, a checkerboard grid. Like, the irony, not the irony, but, like, if he was a few steps back, like, they get it at just the wrong second. So if he was, like, against the back of the wall... He would have survived, but how are you to know? Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, sucks. I like that he got waffled though. That yeah. was pretty nice. It was a good laser and scene, and we don't get away. them in Fast and Furious at all. Yeah, and also I think for 2002, that's really good CGI. Like not in the whole movie, but they really committed to making that look not ridiculous. I feel like that like, looks like, great. Yes. Most of the CGI in this movie looks awful. Yeah. <laughs> Like what? Like all the monsters and stuff? The monsters. The like dogs. whenever the, the hologram stuff, of the uh, little yeah, girl the AI. Awful. But the dogs is all practical. Those are all dogs actually covered in like corn syrup and like mm. meat and stuff like that. Like that that's all real. And like that looks good because it's real. And like a lot of the zombies that have like the makeup effects. But then like when they do like the digital CGI zombies that are like missing part of your face and like they turn the corner, it's just like, oh, that's that very bad not condemning this movie over any other of the, of the era times. but like the more practical you can do the more timeless your movie is going to be true carrie you're right like the lasers the lasers are like a high point in in both memorability and also just how how good it looks and i think they come back in like future movies too cool. like this is umbrella technology yeah. that's that's there was a lot that i saw in this that i was like oh this was like stuff that they use in later movies that was right there from the beginning that i found really interesting I just wanted to say, as someone that works in a lab and <laughs> Wait, one have, night? Been, have been dealing with coronavirus stuff, the idea that they're in a viral lab <laughs> and that he can throw it and then the exhaust goes straight into the air conditioning yeah. is fucking mind-blowing to me. That's obviously not how any of that works. Yeah. It can't happen at all. So I was like, okay, suspend my suspension of belief a little bit. It only doesn't work that way because they retrofitted things after he did this like this was the turning exactly. point <laughs> yeah, right yeah this was, was when the they figured out that actually ventilation is very important in virus yeah. transmission <laughs> i like that and they like go into one part and they have like a bunch of like dishes that they're like growing you know virus or cells in or whatever but it's also they're just like on a shelf along yeah, the they're wall. just exposed <laughs> they're just like out and i'm like no we have like incubate like there's no way that this whole room is an incubator and you just like set them on the shelf there right and but that so, they like, wouldn't be wearing protective gear <laughs> exactly yeah yeah there's so many weird things but like the lab stuff i was like okay yeah. fine whatever like we're trying to i get we're trying to get the virus out you know into like you know people so for the movie sake plot sake so yeah also I mean, the the antivirus makes me laugh you know these two things one cancels out the other one is one color and one <laughs> is the other color that's a, that's all it is it's no wonder people think virology is so easy. I, you know what? Now that you say that, that's probably it. Like, people, a lot of people that are like, this is not a big deal. Or like, look at Resident Evil. Yeah. Or, or you know, certain very powerful people are, are putting all of their eggs in very specific baskets. Thinking like True. they're you're just going to cure it with one, one specific medication that has nothing to do with it. People, people don't understand the idea that, like, medications don't, target like very specific things in oh, I general I, I don't think yeah like well people don't understand the concept that like we don't cure stuff like that's not a thing that happens <laughs> like y- yes, in almost any disease cures are like 
imaginary there's treatments forever right but like like the thing is like oh like you have this medication virus antivirus right Mm -hmm. and it's never like this medication just fixes that thing it's like no it's doing a whole shit ton of stuff right but like it might help and it may or may not be doing anything to that virus (laughs) exactly yeah Yes, Wait, so you're saying the it. first thing you learn is not blue is the virus, green is the antivirus? Like that's, <laughs> that's just, just to sum up, not. that's not the first thing you learn. No. Uh, sadly, no. Blue for the virus, green no. for the antivirus. Okay, because it, fe- it feels like that's the, that's the takeaway from this movie. Yeah, I know. If we could just find the green tube somewhere, we'd fix this. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> we'd have got rid of coronavirus months ago. I, you know, I bet you, it. Trump is sitting on a pile of green tubes right now. He's hoarding <laughs> them all for himself. The dragon in Lord of the Rings, just like on top Smaug. of it. Letty sacrifices herself or is willing to the Red Queen is like, We'll let you out of here if you if you if if we can kill her and contain the virus and she's like, Yeah, cool and they're like, No no no, that's no no no. This is like the weirdest thing and I'm I'm glad that there was actually an explanation. Alice just takes the fire axe that she found that she's supposed to decapitate rain with and instead of decapitating rain she just like smashes it into a monitor and then like the power goes out and I'm like, those two are not they're not connected but then finally like we find out that like their captain like came back and he did a thing and like that's but i was just like that feels like a video game thing where it's like oh yeah just take out the monitor and like the power goes it's like that's not how how electronics work like as tej would know like that's not how circuits work i know i like that the the one guy was there tej too the one that had the garage door opener that shuts the power off Mm -hmm. i was like oh man i see a lot of tej in him and this is really cool that like you know we have tej and they have this this random guy so i feel like there was a real missed opportunity for someone to say reboot that bitch (laughs) how did they not say that i don't know because they, like, they did reboot you try the unplugging computer. It and plugging it back in? Yeah. Like, that's essentially what they were doing. I will say that, speaking of that bitch, uh, the Red Queen, who is a 3D rendering, like it's AI rendered after the, the designer's daughter or the developer's daughter. I'm like, that's kind of a weird flex, but okay, I appreciate that. So yeah, strange. that part of it gets weirder. So yeah. they brought in Marilyn Manson and someone else to do the score for this movie because they wanted really? to have like, a very kind of industrial score. Yeah. And so the soundtrack that. of the score that for this is really... a lot of sense. And I remember one of the songs, I think it's on the official thing, but there's like the the Red Queen doing You're All Gonna Die Down Here into like a very heavy... And I'm like, that's pretty You're cool. Like that, that line is burned into my brain because... I listen to like this soundtrack or score or whatever, and like the Matrix ones so much. Like it's basically a, this is my like early two thousands in his handful of movies. So yeah, I don't love the score for this, but I did really enjoy, which I don't think I picked up on in previous watches, as she like realizes her skills, like as it's coming back to her, there are these like really heavy drums, like adrenaline drums, that I mm. just thought were a really nice touch. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So yeah, so Paul W.S. Anderson hired Marco Beltrami, who I'm looking up, he's done like 140 movies, and Marilyn Manson because they wanted a score, he wanted a score similar to John Carpenter's early film, so like Halloween and stuff like that, so I don't know if this evokes that, but I get that as an inspiration, just like a menacing kind of thing. Yeah, it's a completely different thing, but yeah, I get the inspiration of it, that that makes sense. I want to see here, hold on, I'm going to see what Marco Beltrami has scored, if we've done anything. That name sounds extremely familiar. I mean, he's done 139 things, so. Marilyn Manson has only scored this and 
Book of Shadows Blair Witch 2, according to uh, Letterboxd. So, not him. Oh. Marco Beltrami did A Quiet Place, Logan, Snowpiercer, 4G yep. Ferrari, yep. Scream, World War Z, The oh, Scream, that's probably Locker, where I know the name from. Extremely Wicked, The Zeph Movie, I, Robot, Hellboy, Warm Bodies. Like, he's done... Everything. Everything. I've seen 42 movies that he's scored. So, yeah, Makes he's... Sense one of the most go. prolific there's a reason we know that name because like we've seen it a hundred times right so yeah i think we probably brought him up a bunch too like ford versus ferrari and stuff do you think trent reznor feels really smug about how much more movie scoring work he's gotten to do than Mar- marilyn manson probably he's also just like better, better. at things <laughs> right yeah absolutely yeah. although only one of the two of them can blow themselves so i mean who who's got the upper hand now or the True. who's got the lower rib now <laughs> Apparently, a lot of the actors played the games to get into character, but some of them, like, I guess were just bad at video games, so they had, like, their friends play the games and they just watched. So, Joe, like, what you've been talking about in these intros where you're watching Rachel play games, it's kind of a cool, like, hey, I don't know how to play this game. Can you just play this and I'll just watch you because, like, i got to figure out what this is about. Yeah, I I more enjoyed, like, seeing the story than actually doing the actions a lot of the time. And Mila said that she did this movie because her brother, one of the main reasons that she did this movie, aside from just being the lead in an action franchise or action movie or whatever, is because her brother Marco loved the games and so she's like yeah i'll do that that's pretty cool i think i think she had even said that like if this ever comes up like if they ever make movies out of these games i want to be involved and so you know when they when it when the script rights were purchased or whatever you know her agents were like yeah here here you go it works carrie you might remember i'm sure you looked up all this trivia at one point before but there's a bunch of names that were considered for alice so we had gwyneth paltrow in the role for alice which would be she kind would of be wild. very bad at this pepper Potts, sarah michelle geller <gasps> jennifer love hewitt your girl Kirsten Dunst and mm. Natasha Henstridge were all considered to play Jill Valentine, I guess, in an earlier version. Like, I guess it was going to be about Jill Valentine, mm-hmm. which makes sense. I would love to see uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar as Jill Valentine. But apparently mm. they all, and I understand why, they all had an issue with the amount of violence and the amount of nudity in this movie. And so they're all like, nope. And then I think they just reworked it to be about a different there character. that much nudity? Well, there's nudity in the beginning and there's... But it's not nudity. I mean, she's... It's like not even full nudity. Yeah, Yeah. it's scantily clad. I remember seeing this movie in theaters, like I said, and I remember guys behind me being like, ooh, nipple, but like high school guys with their friends. Oh, yeah, you see her nipple like a couple times early, but like, that's that's exactly my point. Like, I'm there with my dad, I'm 14, I'm in the prime, like, I need to see boobs wherever I can see boobs, and I didn't even see the boob. Like, I just, like, I didn't see it. Like, I remember them hearing, like, I was like, wait, where, where's the nipple? Like, where, what, what did I miss? How did I miss that? And then at the end, I think like she's she's fully naked under the like tarp pieces of taper, like clinical taper, paper that's just taped to her. Yeah, which I think is is like a lot more revealing than because like otherwise she's just like in a shower thing. Yeah, they did. They didn't put her in like a smock or something. Right. But like at the same time, it's like it's she's still covered. I think it, like I think in the original version of the script, she was supposed to like wake up and walk outside naked, and they'd be like, yeah, oh, well, okay. Amy, she could put a she can put a coat on, which she does yeah. here. But which actually, and and I love her costume in this, and I I wonder how much she had to do with the fact that Alice puts on a leather jacket and then wears it for the entire movie instead of just running around in that little dress, yeah, right? Because yeah, like true. in what other action movie where there's like a beautiful woman in a dress running around like who else gets to put on this like boxy leather jacket i love that i love that she does that i also love that like asymmetrical skirt that she's wearing where it's like Mm -hmm. short on one end and long on the other at some point and i don't think we ever like actually see her do this but she like has ripped it 
So it's not in her way when she runs, which I really mm. appreciate. She's also not wearing heels, which and I really appreciate. She's got appreciate. boots on, which yes. are pretty she's wearing those function. Yeah. chonky 2002 boots. <laughs> they hired professional dancers as the zombies, which I think is kind of a cool move. Oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah, that is good. I like that. And the only other trivia that I have, because I will, I will ignore the spoilers about how Michelle Rodriguez returns, but this is one of Roger Ebert's most hated movies. He put together, I guess, an annual most hated list, and this made that list. So, not a fan. Why? So, I guess, you know, rest in peace, Roger Ebert, but you never have to watch it again. Yeah, like, what, what's, what would piss you off about this movie? I don't get it. I mean, I think if you think that it's taking itself seriously, it would be really morose and boring. I think the pacing is bad. I think it's too slow, and then there's just, like, bouts of, like, exciting. As soon as it feels like it's getting going, like, it almost, like, pumps the brakes again, which is kind of, at times, both interesting and infuriating. And also, I feel like, stays kind of true to most video game formats, where you're just, like, wandering around for a while and then have to deal with something and then i realize yeah. as i'm saying that like i in the last episode that we definitely didn't just record the intro of even though people know how we record these uh, i'm talking about how like that's exactly what i love about the last of us where it's just like you're kind of talking for a while and all mm-hmm. of a sudden there's like a bout of action but here i guess maybe because i know there's so much action to come or like i know the action that's coming whenever it is however it is I just, I'm kind of like, just, just get there already. Like, I just, the frustrating thing to me is like them not knowing what they're dealing with, which mm. should be cool, but it's just like, they're zombies, shoot them in the head. Like, we know that. Like, yes, this part got me too. So well, I, like, I also, in the head, dude. easy for us to say after the zombie boom, you know, but in 2002, people still knew that you should shoot zombies in the head, but it wasn't like common knowledge the way that it is yeah. now. After like 10, 15 years of like all zombies all the time. I think we're like a little bit more like, come on, guys, just shoot him in the head. Yeah. We zombie all know aware. how this works. Yeah, zombie yeah. aware. We were talking about, what were we talking about? Was it on the Hanks of the Memories? I don't think it was here. Was it here? We were talking about like the recent, oh, maybe it was with John Brooks. Oh, it was, okay. It was on John's podcast. I record too many podcasts. It was on John's podcast, Hard to Believe. We were talking to the music supervisor for The Leftovers. Oh, I didn't talk about that. Talk about that later. We were talking about like the rise of kind of like afterlife and undead and stuff like that. And we're trying to figure out if like it's all a result of 9 11, which is possible. But it's also, I was thinking like The Walking Dead becomes wildly popular. And then because of the popularity, like the rise of that, everything else comes around. But like, yeah, the dead predates that. This predates that. 28 days later predates that. Like, I think it's all All of those are post 9 11, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, Resident Evil was also pre-9-11. Like, that, the first game, I think, came out, like, 95-ish, right? So, like... Yeah. When we were in college together, Joey, did you ever mm-hmm. take uh, Bonnie Blake's Apocalyptic, Apocalyptic Visions? Visions? I did. Uh, best class I ever took in college. I wrote on the evaluation sheet at the end of the semester, it should be two semesters, because it's so good. Which says everything about the kind of person that I am. And I'm like, yes, the one about apocalypses. But I... My uh, final project for that class was... I did this research project on like the figure of death or like the Grim Reaper in popular fiction. And I looked at it from like the mid 19th century, like up to that point, which was like 2008 or 2009 at that point. And there really was like exponential increase in the amount of media that contained like Grim Reaper style figures and tropes and all of that stuff after 9-11. So like... Mm. Well, I think it's definitely true that the without the success of The Walking Dead, there is no zombie boom. But I also think that without That's 9-11, of... there is no anything else. You know what yep. I mean? It's, it's such a significant 
like cultural atomic bomb really that like has affected like the radiation has fallen on everything that has happened since yeah i mean a show near and dear to both of our hearts dead like me comes out the year after right so like it's yeah. like almost a meteor a year and a half after and pour one out for our podcast that never was tv is dead that would have been just all about yesterday this. i was like maybe this is the time to do it and then i was like no no i don't that's the last thing we need it's a lot of work. Joe, yeah. we were going to do a podcast, Kyra and me, where we just, and it was going to be the most depressing thing of all time, where we were only going to watch TV shows like about death and dying and like just the darkest shit, like The Leftovers. And, like, all that stuff. That and sounds six super fun. I know. Well, that's I'm a I really fun person. I, to listen to. I don't know if you know No, that. I mean, you are a fun person. Like, that just sounds super fun. Yeah. I mean, it would have been really fun, I think, but it's also, it was like a lot of work and we didn't know how to release it and it just never wound up happening because too many other podcasts, too many other things, but like, we had like, we had so many like we were gonna do all the Buffy we were gonna do like like we had so many things mm-hmm. planned out because Kara and I are both planners and it just never happened but for Bonnie Blake's class just to put a pin on that I wrote a paper about Muse the band and their apocalyptic, apocalyptic music mm-hmm. and then my final paper was about how the animated sitcom handled Y2K and I talked about Family Guy and Futurama and probably some other one. Oh, I just rewatched the King of the Hill Y2K episode the other day so good simpler I, times I, I miss, I miss, I miss what that was like our biggest worry right yeah Well, when I started my current job, they proudly told me that they were about 20 years behind technologically. Oh, so this was time for Y2K for them. (laughs) I I said that. I joked with them. I was like, all right, well, that means you guys better get ready for Y2K. And then, like, COVID happened, and we had to figure out how to, like, transition our entire shit into digital stuff. So uh... it it was actually worse than Y2K. Oof. Ugh. Joe, do you have any other thoughts, any other notes about Resident Evil? We're going to have another Resident Evil movie to talk about on no. Friday. They do use an EMP, which was reminiscent of Brian's car getting shot with mm. an EMP. Mm. And I was like, that's a little fast connection there. We covered everything that I had in notes in different ways. So Yeah, there's not a ton of fast connections here. There's no, I mean, there's a train. Yeah. But like, it's not like a train. They're not like jumping cars into it or off of it or across oh, it. Oh, yo, you got to watch number three. You got to watch the third one. It's the it's okay. the Mad Max of the Resident Evil. Like it's all cars, or not cars, okay. but like vehicles, in the desert. Nice. Mm-hmm. Kara, any other thoughts or notes about this movie? No, I think the only thing I didn't get to is LOL 2001 AI. <laughs> 2001. They just use the term AI. No, just like the 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 general existence of AI in 2001 is laughable. Yeah, I liked uh, the whole the little girl creepiness. I, I'm glad you said that. There's a there's a conclusion to this, or like more on this. So. Oh, it yeah. There's a lot more there. Perfect. Are you ready to watch the trailer? I don't know if I've ever. I'm sure I've seen this trailer, but I don't know. Yes, I'm down. Are we watching the trailer for the game or the movie? Why would we watch it for the game? I'm just kidding. It was a joke. <laughs> movie clips, classic trailers, Resident Evil 2002 official trailer one. Mila Jovovich oh, movie. I didn't see that you already had it in the chat before you sent us the picture of Catherine Zeta-Jones. Well, yeah, I mean, you can, so if you scroll the right point, you can watch the trailer while also looking at the picture of Catherine Zeta-Jones, so. Mine didn't play in it, it opened in a new tab, so, but I'm ready whenever. Kara, do you want to fire it up, let it buffer, and get ready? Pretty ready, although it seems kind (laughs) of, oh no. Ah, how do I make it play through my headphones? I don't don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just put it on mute, I guess. Okay. But then what? We can just watch what it is. I mean, you're you're probably okay. gonna know. A lot of these trailers from this time are not very like. There's not like we haven't seen many very many in a world. Like that's not usually what we. What we <laughs> yeah, it's with. usually just like these are clips of the movie put together. This is yeah. I'm guessing this is gonna be a lot of loud music and just like 
you know, corny dialogue. Not corny dialogue, but like, you know, action movie dialogue. Well, I tried putting on the uh, captions, so let's see if they have captions. Okay. Cool. Three, two, one, play. In a world. (laughs) I'm so glad you said it. I guess I gotta leave that in now. I can't cut that. I can't edit that out. So, all right. Oh, God. Oh, wow. It does have captions. That's nice. There's too much going on for me to look at. There is a lot of uh, voiceover, though. This is just the... It's like the AI talking about what's going on. We have to get out of this building. We have to get out of here. So many of these people in the opening segment that all die all look so familiar, and I don't think I know them from anything. Because they're all Bobo versions of other people. Like, the guy... I guess maybe not those people, but the guy, the other random guy that's with this team, that's like in the blue Oxford shirt. Who yeah. I don't even understand why he's there, really. Um, he looks like Logan Eccles. From, that's exactly from what I was going to say. He's yeah, Boba man. Logan. Yeah. Oh, we got a little taste of the waffler. We did. They're like team captain, the guy that gets waffled. He's on a lot of British TV shows and movies. Rachel just cackled because she heard me say waffle maker. (laughs) She realized what was happening. (laughs) I will say, though, that there there is a lot of uh, voiceover and stuff, but there's also a lot of loud noises and action lines and music. Yes. We're both right. How is she still standing? Why is she still standing? She isn't standing now. It's standing now. Thanks, Letty. Also, Michelle Rodriguez. I did not remember his second build on the DVD cover on the poster, like very firmly front and center. Yeah. So flashy. You're all going to die, Dad. That's really bad CGI. Yeah. And like the main enemy at the end, like the the main bad guy. The boss, if you will. Yeah, the boss. Because there is so like the guy who gets taken away at the end in the games. I don't remember the movies. This may be a movie spoiler. It may not be because I don't remember if he's in the movies or not. But like he becomes Nemesis, which is like this big Mm -hmm. villain in the video games that never had a backstory. But here, this is him becoming Nemesis when he like gets infected and gets like taken away at the end. They're like not giving him the cure or whatever, right? Yeah, I always had a hard time tracking exactly who he was. It's this guy. Who was the guy? Who was? There was one guy in this in this movie that looked like a bootleg Wolverine. Who's the guy in this movie that looks like a bootleg Hugh Jackman, and what else was he in? Does anybody know who I'm talking about? You're like about? the captain? Maybe. I don't know, because I think to Kara's point, they all, everybody looks like somebody else, and I don't, I can't separate anybody. I, like I was like, watching a Lifetime movie at some points, right? Yeah. I even, I think I looked in it, I looked him up in the, like, IMDB thing, and I couldn't figure out which face was his. Like, that's how bad it was. <laughs> so you said maybe it's the captain? Maybe. I mean, like, the woman in the beginning in the elevator, like, looks like Bobo Thandie Newton. Like, there's so many mm-hmm. people here who are like, oh, no, like that. But She's in a lot of British TV shows, too. I believe it. I mean, I feel like, because they're all given, relatively speaking, like, a lot to do. Like, they carry the movie for the first five or ten minutes, right? So, like, mm-hmm. you can't just hire no name. Like, they, yeah. you have to yeah. sell it to some extent. But, yeah, they're, they're not exactly the stars of this movie. I don't know. We have to play the Letterbox game. So, for reference sake, Carrie, I know you've heard this game a lot. I don't know if you've ever played this game with us, though. Have you played this game before or no? I don't yeah, know. Exactly. Maybe. So for reference sake, Mad Max Fury Road has been seen by 628,000 people. 628. Climbing. Climbing up. Resident Evil 2002, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, starring Mila Jovovich, Michelle Rodriguez, Eric Mabius, Ryan McCluskey, has been seen by how many people? And Kara, I know this is an impossible task to try to guess these numbers, but 
It's the name of the game. Ooh. I'm going to go 36,000. And Kyra, I know this is a wildly difficult game to play, but guess a number. Do you have a guess? I'm going to go 140,000. So Kara is much closer, but it's between the wow. two numbers. Damn. Um, so Joe, you said like 36, and Kara said 140. So it's closer to 140, but it's between those numbers. 80. That's like high for me. I can't imagine it's way more than that. Kara, you want to guess another number? 117. Once again, Kara closer, but again, between those two numbers. One more guess. Third round. Final 95. round. 95, and I'm done. 95, and I'm out. Uh, 103,000. 106558. Mind bogglingly high to me. That's insanity. Holy fuck. So many people saw this movie. Past guest of the show, Chris Podcast, gave this one star. Past guest nice. and also person we mentioned on this episode, Austin Wolf Southern, gave it four and a half stars. Kara and I both in that sweet three, three and a half spot range. Although I did see that the last time I watched it on Letterboxd, I had rated it four stars. This so time it was bit. a three and a half. You have a different mindset about virology since last time, so it's you know. true. If anything, I, I should like this movie more. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But out of those hundred and seven thousand people, how many put this in their top four movies of all time? I'm gonna go thirty five. And that's high. Kara. Yeah, my gut says twenty six. You gotta go way higher. Really? hundred and fifteen. Eighty two. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it there, Joe. 119. You were just about wow. there. 119 Ugh. people. Average rating of 2.8. fucking love this movie. 2.85. At most common rating of 3. 119 people. So I found Elsa at Scarlet Witches. If the worst thing I can say about this movie, considering the shit show the rest of the series became, so sorry, Kara, Ugh. is that the impact of Kaplan's big damn heroes moment is ruined by Anderson deciding to show him use his last bullet on a zombie instead. Clearly, it should go down in the history books as a cinematic masterpiece. Five stars. And then she reviewed it again, just said, remember when, they had, when these movies had heart and emotional stakes? Characters with actual motivations, personalities and development, narrative subtleties and original ideas, memorable scenes and music that stood the test of time, an aesthetic that didn't look like a computer had spit it out, a consistent canon, and a genuine sense of horror and dread? I do. As far as I'm concerned, the (laughs) series started in 2002 and ended in 2004. Five stars. Wow. Those are some takes. She Elsa has strong has thoughts. Thoughts about this she franchise. Thoughts. Sounds she like she does. likes two of them and hates four of them. Her fourth favorite movie of all time is Resident that's Evil. That's barely it's a franchise. Carrie. Two movies? Come on. Get out of here. Elsa, I mean, you want to at Scarlet WWTCH <laughs> on Twitter. She's in Singapore. Carrie, you can fight her from around the world. Alright. Her fourth favorite movie of all time is Resident Evil. She saw Tenet, so gave Tenet three stars. Rewatch the prestige. Five stars. Prestige might be Christopher Nolan's best movie. Okay. Don't at me. Or you can at me. I don't care. Her number one favorite movie is a movie that we talked about in this episode. Fifth Element. No. Hmm. That is wildly similar to this movie. What other movie do we talk about like Fifth Element? Kara Oh, The Matrix? Nope. How this movie ends is I said this other movie begins. Oh, 28 Days Later. Yes. Her favorite movie is 28 Days Later. So she's a zombophile. Yeah. We did that recently on Wistful Thinking and it is so good. Definitely yeah. worth a rewatch. Re-watch. Rachel loves 28 Days Later. She's a big fan. I don't remember the sequel being very good. I found it very interesting. Actually, definitely worth rewatching given the current state of things. Highly okay. recommend. Cool. It's very Fair. interesting. Very different. Totally different movie. Interesting, indeed. Elsa's second favorite movie, she would take offense at me saying The Prestige is Christopher Nolan's best movie because her second 
favorite movie is another one of his movies. Can't name any Christopher Nolan. I mean, like, I can, <laughs> but not off the top of my head. Yeah, Sam. Uh, mm, I... Give us another hint. Come on. No, I'm, I'm not going to. I refuse. <sighs> Christopher Nolan. I don't know. What? Inception? Momentum. Is that one of his? Those are both ones of his, but neither of these. Batman something? Uh-huh. One of them. Oh. Well, that's as far as I go. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. Good job, Carrie. You got me there. Thanks. <laughs> you guys both saying, I don't know any Christopher Nolan movies. My brain's not... It's just like, come on, guys. Listen, like, there's, no, I'm, there's like three directors. It, it doesn't... He do, I don't care. I just am not into him That's like, totally fine, all. but also like... No, I am. I like his movies. And even still, I'm like, when you like give me like a name like that, I was like... I, all I thought was James Cameron. And I was like, <laughs> okay, James Cameron movies. And I was like, I know that James Cameron movies, and it's not those. And I'm like, fuck. All right. And then her third favorite movie... I don't want to just give it away, but okay. it's a, 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 uh, I, that's going to just give it away. But I'll just say a remake has been in the news a lot lately. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. No remake, not sequel. A remake has been in the news a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Mulan. Yep. Oh, again. Which, by the way, I can't believe they didn't cast Scarlett Johansson for Mulan. <laughs> like, I don't know how they fumbled that one, but. I think my favorite thing about this game is when I give like a slam dunk answer that's like very clearly one and you're like you're still like proud of yourself you're like oh I got Mulan. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean like a, a remake that's been in the news like you really thought that I would get Mulan though? I think so. I appreciate that like you take me far enough away that like why would I be thinking about Mulan but I have pay- been paying attention. It's okay. always like, is Joe been paying attention to stuff? And I'm like, mm, sometimes I do. I, yeah, I, you you pay attention to things, but I can never tell what you're paying attention to. Is, exactly. That's the yeah, th- that's the connection. And when you make that alley oop there, it feels really nice. That's what I'm saying. It's whatever the opposite of what I, I expect you to be. So, and that changes. So, I don't know. <laughs> Gemini nature, brother. Well, Kara, thank you so much for a surprise joining us for Resident Evil. Maybe we'll thank be back you. for the next one. Who knows? I'm not saying that's a tease, but I just we don't know. I mean, we're just because you were like, oh, I forgot it was Wednesday, but I can join you. So here we are. So Kara, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us and hope to see you again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Anything that you want to you. plug in this time of pandemic? Um, Get your fucking flu shots. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Get your fucking flu shots. Wear a goddamn mask. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> wash your fucking hands. Yo, I, I, I didn't know how many people didn't wash their hands until the pandemic started. Straight up, I have a co-worker who doesn't believe in germ theory and therefore does not wash her hands. Ever? Listen, I don't know if this has changed since the pandemic. I I saw this coming. It was like, fuck you guys. I'm working from home indefinitely at least a week yeah. or two before everyone else. So I don't know if that has changed at all. But um, yeah. One of the things that I always say is that, like, I'm very proud of my lab because, like, I have to order, like, two or three cases of soap pretty much, like, every three months. Because people are washing their hands as often as they're supposed to. Yes! And, like, and like so I'm always coming in, like, hey, like, to the admin people, like, can you order me another case of soap? And they're like, yeah. Or, like, and I'm like, give me, like, three cases. They're like, didn't you just order three cases a couple months ago? I'm like, yeah, but thankfully we go through a ton of soap here, and that's a really good thing. <laughs> like. Yeah. The Listen, most reassuring purchase the, ever. The tools to conquer this pandemic are so simple, and we've had them for such a long time. It's just that we actually have to use them. Yeah. And actually, like, do the things. If we actually do the things, we can stop this. People need to do them. Or you can just bitch that you're at home for 
Yeah, I mean, the tools are also months. just common sense and belief in science. Like, there's not that, you don't even, like... Oh, it's a big ask. It's a real big ask. It really <laughs> is. It really, really is. Well, we'll get more into virology on Friday for Resident Evil Retribution. Will Michelle Rodriguez come back in a flashback? Will she come back in a prequel? Who knows? Who knows? If you want that anti antivirus, that's what the flu shot is, you guys. Get the green tube. Get so the, the flu shot is green, green is what you're saying. The flu shot is green. If we neon colored vaccines and like they were like neon green, I think more people would get them. It would be polarizing. <laughs> yeah, but I mean like we there's have, like... a certain subset of people who are so vulnerable to falling off that anti-vaxxer cliff that, like, <laughs> they are. you know, a neon green vaccine might be the thing to push them over. But believe it or not, it's already polarizing, so, I mean, yeah, well, why true. not throw caution to the wind and just neon, <laughs> like, tie-dye it a bright, bright color? Yeah, like Ninja Turtles, like the ooze, just make it like that. Secret of the shot. For all things Too Fast, Too Forever, <laughs> you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com, slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com. Thank you once again to Nick Burris for sponsoring this episode. And he kind of gets a bonus sort of-ish thing on Friday with another Resident Evil movie coming in Resident Evil Week. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And that was Cara Gayle O'Regan. We'll tell you all about it when we see